Talking Tesla. Talking Tesla. Tesla. I'm not sure if like my foot should be on the brake or the accelerator. They put rings on Elon. It must be some sort of geometrical algorithm. Are you ready now? Oh, I'm sure this is math. Tom. <laughs> Robert. Yeah. Well, all right, fellas. Well, let's go. How am I expected to drive a car without autopilot? So here's the deal. You know, I'm not a good parker Tom. Yeah. I'll be the first to admit it. Yeah. I just think that this is a car company that is run by super Auto geeks. All oh, the other cars are going to be stupid cars compared to this car. Tesla. You don't even have Tesla. I remember that. You've got a Model X. seen the future, and it is light pole charging. No, I wouldn't call it a screw-up. Do you like your Model X? God, it's beautiful. Hey, Talking Tesla Nation. Uh, Mel Hubbard here, just stepping outside the studio for a moment. Over to the S, actually. And um, just like the S, we're having some issues on this week's audio. For some reason, our sound setup um, introduced some clicks, and uh, I'm a bit uh, bummed about it, but we've decided to just post it anyway, um, because otherwise it would delay you getting the audio out for another week. But um, sorry about those clicks. They tend to go away as the recording goes on. We're going to find a solution. And the reason I'm recording this as I walk out by my S is that, uh, you know, on autopilot, I've got the wavy lines. And Elon said it's the pitch angle of the front-facing camera is the problem. And I'm looking at that front-facing camera, wondering uh, whether I could just sort of unscrew it myself and fix it. I'm not going to because I'm not stupid. But it is good to know that a billion-dollar company can have issues just as well as a money-losing podcast called Talking Tesla. Sorry, our bad. We swear it'll be fixed for next week. Let's start the show. Oh, oh and I should say that uh, we cut out the very first portion of the recording because there were so many clicks, and it was actually Tom opening a present. I got him a bottle of 12-year-old Macallan whiskey, which is really good, but much less expensive than the 18-year Macallan, which goes for $300 a bottle. I might like him, but I don't like him that much. Let's go on with the show. And then I have to tell you, I'm extremely agitated. You boys know, you saw a little bit of it over the weekend. I am extraordinarily agitated, right? Yeah, no, I you're, believe, not, you're beyond extraordinarily agitated. I believe I've developed a Trump anxiety syndrome. No, it's Trump-pression is what we're calling it. Is it Trump-pression? Mm-hmm. Every morning you wake up and you're like, what the hell is happening? This is really happening. So I've been really anxious and pissed off because it's pretty clear what the playbook is, and um, I'm very upset about it. Yeah. They are trying to delegitimize, first of all, the media as fake. Security organizations are stupid. Now it's federal judges or so-called federal judges. This is a very frightening playbook, and it's making me super anxious, and I'm lashing out at everybody. Everybody. So I'm sorry, but I'm going to be pissed off again during this recording. you gotta, you got to let it go. I can't let it go, okay, Thomas. Okay, you don't have to let it go, but and you have to calm down. We're allowed to talk about politics because Elon is still on the advisory council, and he was tweeting like a madman. Is that the rule? As long as Elon is around the president, we can talk about the president because it's related to the show? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and he's been saying, look, I know that this guy is bad and judges are good, and, but if he doesn't have some moderates on his advisory panel – it would be much worse. So to those activists telling me I should jump off the panel like the guy from Uber who did uh-huh. this weekend, he's like, no, I need to be there. We need to be there and at least have some voice. Go. So for me, and I don't want to continue to pile on about this, but I had a little bit of an epiphany over the weekend, Friday, my birthday, thinking about all of this situation. I did not think in my lifetime that it was going to be possible for me to say the following sentence – 
Can we have Dick Cheney and Donald Rumsfeld back, please? <laughs> they seem so reasonable now. They really do. They yeah. started two wars, mm. but hey. They really do. Is that the playbook? The Republicans are like, look, we'll have four years of complete insanity, and then we'll bring some lunatics back in, and everybody will be like, <sighs> it's all, It's all good. Um, Robert, you've got some special word that you want to share with us. <laughs> yeah, word. so I was doing some uh, investigation last night into uh, some of our listener comments, and we'll come to this later in the letters, but I came upon a Portuguese word. It's the only Portuguese word that has no translation in any other country, or I should say in any other language, and it's called, um, uh, here it is, swad, uh, swad. It's, it's a word that means deep emotional state of nostalgia or profound melancholic longing for an absent something or someone that one loves. It often carries a repressed knowledge that the object of longing might not ever return. I do not have that for Cheney and uh, Rumsfeld. I think think that many many people are feeling that way for what was before the election or before the change of power here in the United States, but not everybody. And I recognize that. Did you uh, watch Saturday Night Live? There's uh, Saturday Night Live is being really funny with the, the current political situation, but Angela Merkel is, um, picks up the phone and she thinks it's Barack. Oh, my Barack, you're back. Oh, I'm so happy. And then it was Trump and it goes on. And it was funny. Just saying. It was funny. Hey, anybody watch Super Bowl? Super Bowl. That's uh, you heard of that? That's American football. Yeah, is that correct. I don't really watch American football. I quite yeah. like it, but I don't watch it. Yeah. I didn't grow up with it. I don't have time for it. So every Super Bowl, I leave it on in the background. Yeah, yeah. You know, we ding around. We just sort of, and you know, it's a blowout. Half times like this is one of the worst Super Bowls I've ever seen. It's ridiculous. And then I walk past the TV and the uh, New England starts catching up. Yeah, you got to hang in there, buddy. And then I walk past and the New England is catching up. Yeah. And I got to tell you, mm-hmm. last ten minutes of that game, I am literally sitting on the corner of the chair. Falling off. The edge of the seat, as it were. That thing going, hey, American football can be fun. Yeah. And then I started thinking, but really bad for you. Do you see these guys? They're massive. They're huge. They're smashing into each other. They're getting their heads whacked. I'm like, this is not a good sport for anybody. So what's worse for you? But it was fun to watch. Playing football or eating wings for three and a half hours (laughs) while watching football. What kills you faster? Hmm. Depends on how much of the... uh... Other things you eat along with the wings. Well, like, like you got the wings and the ranch and, chips and the chips and the dips. And sodas. Oh, so good. Everything I love about America <laughs> right there. Oh, and the is. halftime show with the drone swarm. Holy smoky. Drone Lady swarm. Gaga brought wow. the show and the drones. That was pretty impressive. And she – so I was on the treadmill. All right, and I've got the trimmer going pretty fast, and I'm watching the halftime show. So you have like a big high table, yeah. wings, yeah, dip, dip, <laughs> treadmill, <laughs> treadmill, beer, uh, uh, Lady Super Gaga, Super Bowl, Lady Gaga, okay, and she's and jumping treadmill. around and singing and doing all this stuff, and I'm on the treadmill for like 15 minutes watching this thing, and I'm exhausted. I'm going to die. And she has been doing an athletic event for like 25 minutes. She's yeah. in shape. She you know, does she, it all the time. She spins. Apparently. Yeah. Have you ever been to a spin class? I've watched them. Yeah. I went to a spin class. (laughs) I was a recliner. (laughs) I I don't know. I was shamed into going to a spin class. And they were like on these bikes for an hour straight, almost standing the whole time going so fast. And I, I literally looked down on the floor afterwards and there was a puddle of water. And they're blasting music yeah. and flashing lights. And, and I can imagine what uh, Gwen Stefani feels like when she's preparing for one of these events. But did you know that they had her on a six-second delay? Are you talking about Lady Gaga? Yes. Because you said Gwen Stefani. Isn't that her name? No. No. 
two different people. I thought that was her name. No. No. Gwen Stefani was in another band. Oh. Okay. Well, no nevertheless. Doubt. What is her, what is Lady Gaga's real name? Ga? Let's ask I don't our, know. Our, Cece? Hey, Google. What's Lady Gaga's real name? Lady Gaga's full name is Stefani Joanne Angelina Germanata. Stefani. <laughs> I got that there in there. Wow. There is a Stefani in there. Google, thank you very much. Hey, Google. Explode yourself. <laughs> My apologies. I don't understand. Fun. Go on. So I was saying she, they had her on a six-second delay because everybody was kind of concerned that she was going to kind of dump on the current political situation. I read a big article about that ahead of time. And because she knew she was on a six-second delay, people assumed she was going to have a tattoo or a piece of clothing that said Frump or F. Trump or, oh, or whatever. You I didn't know? put that together. Interesting. <laughs> but well, she didn't. No, she didn't do anything. And it was it was smart because it let her performance shine. And now we're not talking about the political statement that she made. Yeah, I think, you know, all the divisiveness does not help, but um, we have a lot of work to do. So, hey, something fun coming up on Sunday, the Tesla Club LA, if you're in the Los Angeles, Ventura County Orange County region. Or anywhere in Southern California. So, yeah, if you'd like to drive your... Anywhere in the world if you've got a lot of money and nothing to do on Sunday. Or if you like to drive your Tesla in your Las Vegas and you want to kind of drive out. Out in Malibu, there's a Sunday event. It's twice a month. It's called Cars and Coffee. A lot of very cool cars you could imagine coming from the Malibu region. And so you can come on out at 8 o'clock. You can check the Talking Tesla website or the MalibuCarsAndCoffee.com website and come out and hang out and... uh, Check out a lot of Tesla people with basically this is like an evangelical event. It's not just Teslas, is it? No, it isn't. It's lots of other people who like gas guzzling hot rod and fast expensive sports cars, which are kind of cool to look at. But Mm -hmm. it's even better when they get in the car and they look at it and they touch it, smell it and they get Tesla fever. Yeah. And then I hope we get another listener or two. There was a good commercial for the Alfa Romeo yesterday at the Super Bowl. And I thought to myself, do you think we'll ever get to a point where we see a Tesla commercial at the Super Bowl? No. Mm, I don't know. Right now, they don't need it. They get all this free press from the Elon. Well, I understand that. But that would not be are, We did wise. talk last week that in Europe, they're throwing up a couple of uh, advertisements, maybe. Uh, Something politically oriented. To, you know, they got all the eyes in the world, man. That's a good time to get the message out, the evangelical EV. Ooh, the evangelical EV. Ex- kind of explain this to me. as uh, yeah, I need Americans to explain this to me. Okay, sure. So you go to Super Bowl. Yeah. It's famous for its ads. That's really why I watch it. That's correct. Yeah. Um, most of the ads are really lame. No, there are some good ones yesterday. But the best ones seem to be by car companies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have a lot of money. Car Apparently. And they the have beer the best company. advertisers. And the beer companies. A lot of message ads yesterday. The Anheuser-Busch immigrant ad. Yes, I put that together pretty quickly. That was pretty good. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, let's you talk know, about bef- the tunnel. I was going to say, before we leave the Super Bowl, I caught this picture when I was watching the news. I'm going to show it to Mel and Tom, and I'll post it. This is a picture from the International Space Station, two of our astronauts wearing Super Bowl jerseys, one Falcons, one New England Pats, and holding a football. I wonder when they resupplied the last time they resupplied ISS, because that is the Super Bowl logo football. It is. And so I thought... Twelve to fifteen thousand dollars a pound for freight going up to the International Space Station. Mm-hmm. How many thousands of dollars do you think we taxpayers spent putting a football and two jerseys up into space? And worse, 
worse, right? I live in kind of a small house. Where the hell are they going to store it? They'll just dump it out. How did they get that up there in time? They must have sent all the jerseys up there at the beginning of the season because there hasn't been a so this was an even more expensive. No, there was a resupply recently. When? In the last few weeks? One moment, please. Google. Oh, hey, Google. When was the last ISS space station resupply? Sorry. I'm not sure how to help with that yet. Yeah. She's smart, but she's not that smart. All right. uh, Let's talk about the Elon and the tunnel. Um, Tesserati says uh, this. First of all, you know, Robert was down at the SpaceX thing. Well, it was the Hyperloop event in Hawthorne last week. And he said... Guys, they're digging a hole. There's a big hole digging machine. We're like, well, that's interesting. And I posted a picture of the and crane it, and the dump trucks. So yeah. there's a hole, and we don't really know exactly what's going on. But Elon tweeted a picture that we presume is from that hole with a worker at the business end of a boring machine. One word went with that uh, picture, Minecraft. And on January 26, he tweeted that the first hole would be starting uh, from across my desk at SpaceX over to sort of Crenshaw and the 105, which is five minutes from LAX. And then um, he did another series of tweets saying that he believes that they can increase the speed of these boring machines from five to maybe 10x. And uh, the question is, why is all this boring activity? And we have one email here from Ben Peschow, somebody... (laughs) Who says, uh, as other people have noted, that he thinks that this is all about getting practice to doing tunneling on Mars. And if he can get pull this off, it's a way of also funding the trips to Mars. Yeah, that. Uh, why wouldn't we then just do it out in the middle of nowhere where we can do it without like problems? Like if you get under the freeway and the freeway starts collapsing, some people would be pissed off. And you're going to be buried by some people's homes, rumble, rumble. I figured, you know, if he's going to build the tunnel that goes from SpaceX to his house up in Beverly Hills, it's literally going to go under my house. So I'll have to keep my ear to the floor for some rumbling sounds. Yeah, the speed of uh, tunneling is one thing, but the yeah, the question is, where can you do it safely? Because we did a little tunneling here in uh uh, Los Angeles mm-hmm. underneath uh, Hollywood and it sort of everything fell down. What's great is that if Elon does it, there's not like a billion articles that are negative or at least not yet about how you can't tunnel and do it safely in Los Angeles because we have terrible earthquakes. But I have to pull back something I said last week. Please I said, do. Yeah, I said last week that, you know, what I heard from people at SpaceX at the pod competition was that they were building a bridge to get, you know, the workers to keep the workers at SpaceX from getting killed and hit by cars, maybe the first tunnel is actually going to be to just walk across the street, under the street, to yeah. SpaceX. That makes total sense. As long as that machine's not under there, running them over, it, getting 10x drilled. what it can do now, you'd have to run as hard as you can to stay away from it. It's sort of like the tunnels underneath the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. You can walk from all the, I think there's five different buildings that house Senate and congressional offices, and they're all linked by tunnels to the Capitol building. And they even have like mini subways down there. And I, somebody might actually have sent us a picture of that, or I saw yeah. a picture of that yeah. somewhere. They do have mini subways. I've so been I on one a, of them, yeah. An answer to the supply question. Please. Oh, in December 9th, 2016, hmm. a logistics uh, ship, the Kuntori 6, from Japan went up there, and but prior to that, uh, there was a December first mission that uh, failed, loss of mission, and a this October seventeenth of twenty sixteen. So there's been a few. So uh, space people, did they send up all of the uh, Super Bowl jerseys? And that's the how they have them. That must be the only way. No. Did they print it? Maybe they have a they three printer. Printed, um, like in 
the December mission, they would have been able to have the, just the playoff teams potentially. Okay. Right? This is the most important thing happening in the world right now. Which How super, did they get these Which Super jerseys? Bowl was it? It's number 51. 51. So uh, let's keep going here. What is uh, the T in Tesla all about? This is from Business Insider. So it looks like a cool T, right? The emblem for Tesla. It looks like a cool T. We agree on that. Looks cool tea. It's an Wrong. okay tea. Looks Bad. Like a, looks like an ice uh, pick to Overrated. Me. No, it's none of those things. This actually represents something, which is kind of interesting. So one of the polls that sticks out is- Did you the, think it didn't represent something? I just thought that's it was tea for weird. Tesla that's cool. It's weird. But it's it. one of the the poll represents uh, the motor's roto, and the second is the a line of the stator. And I don't know what any of these things are, but it turns out these have something to do with electric motors. Imagine this. Imagine that oh. the top line is a circle, like Robert had right there, right? Okay, and the thing it. inside spins around, and that's what's creating... The electricity? Correct. Or the electricity spins right. that so, like, and it, makes... Uh, it spins. It goes really oh, fast. that's what it is. It's a, you it's need a, to take a picture of that. It's a, pie, cool. it's a pie-shaped part of a whole circle of an internal uh, electric motor. Well, and so now you know. There's that knowledge that you now have that you didn't have before. Also, you, you know. I knew, and now you actually know. I, I did not know. And, in fact, the X in SpaceX is supposed to represent the rocket trajectory. And I have up on my wall here, ladies and gentlemen, a time lapse of the SpaceX going up and then it coming back down and landing just nearby. And it indeed creates an X when you do it on a time lapse. Yeah. Did they know that before they – Yeah. Are they that smart? Yeah. Did – engine – Wow. <laughs> wow. You know what's worse? What's worse yeah. is that the three of us, mm -hmm. quote, smart guys, mm -hmm. took about nine years or 12 years to figure this out. Yeah. You know, well, we didn't actually figure it out. Someone figured a, it out for us. That's true. But it <laughs> took us that long to even discover this. There's or, a great letter in here. Mostly because we didn't care, there. I think, on some level. <laughs> I don't know how interesting it is to know about logo design for Tesla Nation. But now you know, so let us know. Oh, I think it's fascinating. Was it interesting? I well, just we, thought it was a cool-looking we, logo. We talked about the amazing minutiae of the Model 3 logo design last week. That's true. This yes. has become Tesla logo. And the Solar City logo? Well, it's a sun. Yeah. Well, it, we should, I think we should reach outside the box for that we one. We should investigate. No, it's and a we, sun. We should come back. We Do you know how much these um, logos cost? Like, Big and high-end companies coming up with logos, they cost hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. A ton. Really? Because that means you owe me hundreds of thousands of dollars. I've designed I said, a couple of your logos. Let, let me just go back. Good logos oh, cost oh, hundreds I of thousands I see you of dollars. Uh, the rebirth of the C3 logo. That hundreds was mine. I think, I think you got paid $100,000 for that one. <laughs> I think that's clear. Hey, te Tesla drops uh, the motors from its name officially. I guess this has just recently occurred. This is from MSN. And so uh, now they're just Tesla. But I thought that happened a while ago. No. no. That it just officially They happened. were like Tesla Energy and Tesla Motors, and now it's just Tesla. Well, what they did earlier is they finally paid some dude off. We don't know how much. We thought it was like a million dollars for the Tesla dot com website because mm. he had snapped that up yeah. early on maybe even before elon got involved and then so tesla was teslamotors.com but now that they've got the tesla.com website maybe that was what prompted them to change their name so that it's a lot easier it's just tesla you guys or, ready for some outsourcing i should re-say tesla <laughs> yeah that's a good question that I, yes. I wanted to bring that up for a while tesla yeah, yes. is how Elon says it. He does yeah. say Z with Tesla a Z. Tesla is how 
these three knuckleheads say it. Because we're America. And no one has ever called us on that yeah. in letters. Well, I feel bad. I, I've been trying, trying to get my head around the Tesla. I thought he just said it because he was South African. He does. It's Tesla. Tesla. It's Tesla, Midas. Are you going to start talking like this now? You were asked for a Canadian accent, I believe. Oh, don't they hate the deer? Canadian accent. <laughs> now my South African accent is turning oh, French. It's not going to You know, I live French Canadian. Now, I lived with a South African guy for a while who is, spoke Afrikaans. Is, and is, I learned one phrase. Shut up, Robert. No, it's better. <laughs> it's something I should probably use on you guys, but then you, it would go over your head when it really shouldn't. Gankachin de Melis. Uh, should I slap you now? Yeah. I, yeah, wish you I, knew, I wish so badly I knew a South African response to that right now. He would have lost his shit. Well, basically, it means go shit in a cornfield. And it's an insult. It's. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, know. unless you you're, go, unless you you're go. an organic farmer. It's I mean, not. I don't know, or a, or a Martian trapped on Mars, and you have corn instead of potatoes. Why did he just grow potatoes and not corn? Because that's what they sent him. Uh, the stock price. It's time, Tom. Oh, talk because, about uh, outsourcing. Here's, here's what's going on. Yeah. Fourth quarter results are going to come out for 2016 on February 22nd. There's going to be a live Q and I love those things. Yeah. At 2:30 Pacific time, uh-huh. Tesla has actually been slapped across the face for reporting individually tailored numbers in the past, which um, supposedly you're not allowed to do. You've got to do it by a set formula and format, and they weren't doing that. I yeah. don't know if they were trying to hide stuff. I don't know, but also. They're delayed a couple of weeks, maybe because of that, but maybe also because... No, because of that specifically. That's the only reason? That's what it said in the article. Or also because Solar City is now part of the Tesla, and uh, they have got more uh, accounting to do? There was a lot of back and forth letters between Tesla's lawyers and Tesla's lawyers and the regulators, uh-huh. and they finally got to a point where the regulators were, okay, report the numbers like that. And uh, I would tell you what the stock price is, but clearly I've lost that job. You have... So, but you can have the second-rate job of asking Google what the stock price is. If I run the Hey Google to ask it, does that make me uh, the computer engineer? Well, you asked her, and now she's confused. Hey. Sorry, I'm not sure how to help with that yet. <laughs> hey Google, what's Tesla's stock price today? As of 11.44 a.m. Eastern Standard Time today, the price for Tesla stock is $253.85 on NASDAQ, up 1% from last Friday. You know what that means? No. That means that all those stock analysts who are short Tesla better get pumping out some articles about the next Tesla killer, uh, how the company is going to fold tomorrow because they're out of cash. Or they could hedge and go long. Well, they could, but I think they're probably too whatever. One of the problems with talking to Google on the show is that it activates your devices. And this happened uh, recently when somebody ordered online on live TV, <laughs> ordered via their Amazon <laughs> dolls. And about 10,000 people had dolls delivered to them. So oh, really? don't say something like, hey, Google, order me a Barbie. Barbie includes Barbie and the Rockers out of this world. Barbie and the Sensations. Rockin' back to a Earth. Barbie and the Nutcracker, and other films. Barbie and the Nutcracker? I, I, sh- I worked on You shot that? High five, Tom. Tom, if you don't know, was a doll photographer back uh, in another life. Let's uh, talk about Model S. Tesla's all-glass roof and loud wind noise. Now, this is brought in by Robert, but I just want to say, I was really 
time, you know, tortured about should I get the all glass panoramic oh, okay. roof or should I get the sunroof? And I got the sunroof because I wanted satellite radio, but I really actually wanted the all panoramic roof. But I am now actually glad I didn't get the panoramic roof. Why is that, Robert? Well, so I got the panoramic roof. It's still on my order, and I'm really looking forward to it. But I was taken aback when I started seeing reports on Tesla Motors Club about this incredible noise. And when you hit 65 miles an hour, the noise got so loud it was hard to hear the radio. And people were saying, well, that's why the radio goes to volume 11. And Tom is snickering at me because this is another hyper first world problem. But it turns out that, you know, amazing Tesla Nation still amazes me. Uh, there's a couple of guys here, Vortex and who's the other dude? With two X's. Yeah, well, you can you can look it up for yourself. And then there's another guy, and I, I, I quoted him here, but basically they figured out that there was a gap between the windshield glass and the uh, all pan, what is it called all glass roof glass. And on many of the cars, the all glass roof, so the top piece of glass sat above where the windshield glass was. So as the wind would fly up over the windshield, it would catch the all glass roof and make this incredible loud wind noise in the car. And I wasn't snickering because of the story. I was snickering because about eight years ago, me and Melvis were driving back from Las Vegas in possibly the world's crappiest minivan. Okay. And at a certain speed, mm -hmm. it started to make the most high-pitched screeching noise you will ever imagine. So I had to get out of the car on my side. Go over to Melvis's side, and I literally duct tape him in all of the seams on the door <laughs> of uh -huh. the window to keep that sound from happening. I don't think it worked, though. It didn't. And I was thinking exactly the same thing. <laughs> so here was a crappy minivan with like 120,000 miles, which was falling apart, and it had a wind noise at 65 miles an hour. And here you have a $150,000 car. With exactly the same problem. And I was thinking, just get Tom to come over and he'll slap some duct tape on that puppy. It's not going to look great, but it's going to get the job done. The minivan is gone. Doesn't this upset you? Isn't this disturbing? Here is another build quality issue. How mm. could this be a problem for a $100,000 car? Didn't you stick it in a wind tunnel and go, hang on a sec, we need to drop that uh, yeah. all panoramic glass thing down a bit? This is a fairly mm, well, they might upsetting. have done that. They might have done that during engineering. And they might even have enough of a computer program to be able to figure this sort of stuff out. But if the line, the production line, isn't, you know, tooled appropriately or the people on the production line, I, I, have we talked yet about the parking lot? We'll get no, back to that. we're going to get to yeah. that. So if you've got folks working the line who may not be as attention detailed as like us three ADHD guys are, then they may not be paying attention when they push that roof glass down. That's got to be a robot. Yeah, there's a, there's a big suction cup robot that That's goes. Got to be a robotic. Well, somebody's got to check it out. Yeah, right? they, and somebody's got to look. Thing upon it. Yeah. But the service center in this article from the Tesla Motors Club, some of the service centers have been filling that gap with with like caulking, silicone, which caulking. I think is a weird fix. Obviously, obviously not a t permanent fix. But and then somebody else had some like uh, in this in this uh, article. From Tesla Motors Club, somebody else had the the little air gap filler that you would put around your windows, like to yeah. So these two guys kind of who posted pictures and product uh, links found gaskets. One guy found a gasket at Home Depot that you could cut it down the middle, pull off the stickum, kind of 
bend it, and then it would jam into that but slot. But it's, it's window insulation. I saw the photo, and that's what it is because I okay. put that around my doors. It's like in the door and window well, insulation. And section. the second guy found one. You don't even have to mess with it. You just buy it, except it's on back order on Amazon. But basically, it just fits in, and you can get it at probably any hardware yeah. store. I want to send the bill for it, though, to Tesla. Yeah, yeah. that's what you, I would do. Yeah. This is the fundamental difference between Robert and me. Robert looks at this and goes, look how smart these Tesla people are for finding a uh, third-party solution for a problem that shouldn't effing exist. Tesla, why can't you make a car that doesn't have wind noise, for goodness sake? This is a huge problem, and it's not if it was just somebody on the line who wasn't checking. It would be every now and then, but it seems to be that this is on all of them. Yeah, well, I don't know about all of them, but enough people wrote in about this. And no, they weren't too down on Tesla. You know, people give Tesla a lot of space, yeah, but the problem is, is that be pissed. at this moment, quote, engineering is aware, end quote. But there's no solution yet, and likely there'll be something that Tesla, you know, will just say, oh, yeah, just come on down, and they'll jam something in there, and it'll all get better. Yeah, they'll get them at Home Depot. It'll be that little window <laughs> insulating gasket. I mean, I this you, is, I'd this, be furious if I had a 100000 dollar car that at 70 miles an hour was loud. One of the beautiful things about Tesla is how quiet it is. Yeah. I would be very upset. In fact, I'm already upset. Look at me. I'm all upset. You're, you're upset some. I've got... I'm sitting but, on but you were already kind of upset. Yeah, well, I've got a trigger finger right now, as you all know. It doesn't take much for me to just fly <laughs> off the handle. Short fuse Herbert. Oh, boy. I'm just saying. Is that Build quality. This is the same issue. My goodness, the Model 3 is going to start production this year, and they still can't make a Model S without stupid problems? Imagine 500,000 Model 3s going to service centers for this fix. This does not portend a good prognosis. I'm freaking out again. I'm glad they've learned. Or they are learning that they need to be careful when they jam that roof on. They uh, keep learning and learning and well, that's, learning. That's why I was kind of uh, concerned because I mentioned that my son is a cyclist and the bikes he and his buddies ride on are like a small fortune. And you wouldn't want those flying off your roof if you're using a roof rack. And so the new all-glass roof has no roof rack option, right? There's no way to put a roof rack on the Tesla and so I went and experimented with this device called Sea Sucker, which if you haven't heard about it and you have stuff you want to put on your all-glass roof, it's killer. It's awesome. But if it's pulling up on the glass and the glass is already not seated well, that gives me even more anxiety, if you will. So. It's, it's really upsetting when you're driving your tester at 70 miles an hour and you've got the all-glass panoramic roof and you've got your Sea Sucker on there with your bike and then poof! <laughs> What is all that noise? Well, it's because your old glass roof just flew off with your $4,000 bike onto the freeway, smashing into Tom, who's driving behind you. It's not a good situation. I've seen it happen. Why did it? I haven't why, really. But why it did it have to smash into me? I don't know. Why couldn't it smash into Because you have an ice car and we're trying to get rid of it. Bystander. <laughs> well, that's going to help. Destroy the only car I have. I'll be driving your electric bike around. That upsetting. Look, uh, at least talk- uh, I've decided yesterday the reason I don't have a car is yeah. because of this stupid-ass show right now. Because <laughs> otherwise I would have a car. It'd be an ice car, but whatever. One at a time. We're trying to get rid of ice cars one at a time. Look, the IIHS, the Institute. Insurance Institute for Highway Safety Crash Test. It's right in front of him, people, and it's, he still can't read it. I have problems with reading. This is from Teslarati, and it said the Model S failed to get the top safety rating. Now, when Model S first came out and they did their safety rating, they said, look, this is the most safe car in the world, and then they, like, turned it upside down, and then they smashed it, and it broke the machine that turns it upside down and smashed it, so it was the safest thing ever, right? 
Well, they said in this current iteration that it didn't get the top rating. The reason for this, it appears, is that on one of the tests where they take a, which is really disturbing, a beautiful brand new Model S and they run it at 40 miles an hour into a piece of giant steel, when they did that on the front driver's side here in the US, so it's on the left side, it appeared that your head could smack the side window. They said they've subsequently fixed that issue, but for the car that they tested, they said you can't get the highest rating because you could get some head injuries from your head bonking around. And it was only one test that did not get the highest rating, and that was what they call the small overlap front test of all cars made after September, no, before September of 2016. Yeah. So 2016, 2017 model year, which is a little ambiguous with Tesla, I realize. But that was the only test that did not get the highest rating. The other, the rest of them got the highest rating. So let's back up just a bit. So there's two different organizations in the United States that test cars. At least two. Well, two big ones. Yeah. There's a National Highway Transportation Safety Administration. Mm -hmm. They use a different test. They smash the car head-on into like a concrete barrier. The IIHS smashes the car head-on into a concrete barrier that only um, compresses like the driver's side to one-third the, the width of the car. So in other words, it's an offset smash. Which is the accident I got into. Yeah. Yeah, that seems to me the one that would be most common. Well, this is, you know, this is a non-governmental organization that is funded by the insurance companies so they can figure out how expensive will it be for whatever. You know, if Toyota puts out 5 million of a brand or a type model of car, they want to know how much is it going to cost us to insure that 5 million Toyota cars. Tesla's kind of a small player in this whole uh, scheme of things and I don't even think they're mandated to have their cars tested. So this is something they're doing proactively. So I think that you only have to have testing done if you produce a certain quantity of cars because other they don't smash up Ferrari Enzos of which there's only a few you know few hundred <laughs> handmade cars. Funny. So like none of those cars are tested, but people don't even think twice. They think, oh, Ferrari probably a safe car. I don't think they've ever crash tested a Ferrari. Period. Only, only Justin rich, Bieber has. douchey white guys crashed as That's Ferraris. Right. And oftentimes those do not end well. They do not. No, they, James they Dean. Do not. The most important thing that I found while reading the entire report from the IHS are, would be a concern to Tesla Nation, in my opinion, and that is the latch child safety features were rated marginal, mm -hmm. which is much lower than the other ratings, right? So they have an A rating and they have a G rating and then they have this M rating and they have a P rating and P is poor and then it's marginal and that is the situation. And the latch wasn't because they were engineered properly. The Most of the ratings are based on the ease of use because they say if they're not easy to use, people won't use them and that's problematic. Can you tell me, Tom, what, what is a child safety latch? Is this the stuff so the latch, kid getting is that, opening the so door? So the latch, L-A-T-C-H, is the, is the little hook in the center back of the seat and in the sides of the seat. Because now child seats have uh, two clips that come from either side, the left and right side, and you clip them down into the seat where the seat meets the, the back of the seat, right? There's so two the things there, right? where the back meets. Correct, right? There's two hooks in there that are heavy strength steel, and you clip your car seat strap into that and then there's another strap that goes around the back 
and that clips into another hook in the center back of the seats. Mm-hmm. And this is a recent, maybe in the last decade, they've added these this latch seating. And so they rate these, the IAHS rates these based on ease of use, not, you know, they're all really engineered over, you know, super well. But yeah. if they're not easy to use, parents won't use them. And this got a marginal. And I think that is somewhat problematic, in my yeah. opinion. It is kind of a hassle to take baby or a child's car seat in and out of the car and if it's difficult then either you leave it in and you lose a spot in the back seat yeah or um you know you don't you don't ever clean the cheerios from under the seat because when you go to the car wash the seat is like concretely stuck there and that's kind of a bummer so i've had cars when we when our kids were born was sort of right during the transition around that time and i had a car that had latch and a car that didn't and when they didn't have latch you kind of wove your seat belt you know your three-point seat belt through the back of the seat and then just clipped it in and that's kind of how it attached and it moved around quite a bit but you know obviously in a crash it would freeze up like it's supposed to and hold the seat back you and hope. then i bought a car with the latches and it was much much easier to deal with the volvo had the latch in the in the seat back and behind the seat and it was much much easier to use but i just thought i would bring that up because this was not really mentioned it was not a key forward part of the the report, in yeah. my opinion. And I think that Tesla better take heed of this because the folks who are going to buy a Model 3 are probably more likely to have kids. Because, honestly, the price of raising a child in at least the United States of America yeah. is at least the cost of two to four Teslas. Teslas. You know, it's that, one of those two. So you can't, afford to, you can't afford a kid and a Tesla. So if you're going to buy a Model 3, you're probably going to be able to maybe afford a kid and a Tesla. So so this um, bashing your head thing has been fixed after September. I'm trying to think when they built my car. They delivered it yeah. in December. So I should I don't know if have it's no been, head injuries. I don't know if it's been fixed. Now, these are the cars. This test was done for those cars. Uh, have they done the new test? I don't know the answer to that how? question. Now, in the... Right. In the other test, the Highway Transportation Safety Administration, it did get the highest rating. The X is still unrated on that on that website. Uh, so if I'm going to crash my Tesla, crash head on. I think there's two Just things Just to be here. sure. Yeah. How, okay. tall, how tall was the dummy? Who in this room really has a chance of having serious head injury? I think the dummy is exactly your height. Yeah. I think if you're taller, <laughs> you're probably in worse shape. And number two, um, I think that we should now start marketing the Tesla helmet for tall drivers. Exactly. I don't think we like, should do that. This is a, <laughs> That's I, a bad idea. I also think this is a really big deal because uh, another part of the spiel about Tesla is how incredibly safe they are. Yeah. This has to get maximum scores on everything to be part of that. I got a Tesla because it's clean. I got a Tesla because it's fast. And I got a Tesla because it's the safest car in the world. I'm thinking about my son who's going off to college in a year and a half. And I've been wrestling with what car do you give your kid who's going off to college knowing that they are much more likely to get into an accident than someone else. If the Model 3 comes in at a reasonable price, I would really like him to be on the safest car on the road because of its crash testing, because of its autonomous driving features. So I'd like to get him a Model 3. But that's not but not why if it's people, not the safest car in the world. That's just not why most people buy cars, right? They don't that's not the first question you ask the dealer is not how safe is this car. You might look, you might not really understand what that means. Uh if you're buying a safe car, you know, if you want to buy your son the safest car on the road, I think time and time again, that's always that's been the Volvo for many, many years because of the the heaviness, the strength of the steel, the type of the steel. They put a lot of engineering, like that is their key sort of thing. And I don't 
But I thought Tesla came and smoked them and were better. The Model I, S. Yeah. I think people do buy on based on safety. It may not be the first or second reason, but it's that warm glow. And uh, I got this really beautiful car. Yeah. It's fantastic. And it's super safe for my family. That was a lot of it. When a Tesla first came out and there were crashes and these orthopedic surgeons saying, the only reason I'm alive and my family's alive because I was in the safest car on the road. No, but you hear people all the time. They're like, I'm going to buy the big SUV. That's not the safest car for your family because they have all kinds of rollover, right? Yeah, and and the biggest selling car. This is my point. Oh, <laughs> he's making a point. <laughs> people don't know that. And also the like the Camrys, the little Accord, the little small four door sedans. Right. That's the most sold car in the world. Are those the safest cars in the world? They're not the safest cars in the world. They're the most affordable. Like there's a there's always a price pricing point that people have to get into. They're not unsafe, but they're not the safest. So this was just a follow up test of a Tesla Tesla Using a different <laughs> stop already. Using a different method, and so the I the national NTHSA tests Excuse are me? valid. The first set of tests are valid. The Tesla was very safe. Now this alternate method of testing brought out this this problem where the airbag that basically it's the left the side curtain airbag did not inflate in the region where the a pillar is and evidently that's what they've done to fix this and my concern is yes i agree with you mel the in the top five reasons why i was so happy to get a model s was that it was just so freaking safe i figured that you know, I'm on the freeway a lot going at high speeds. People do a lot of crazy stuff out there. And at least I know that I will live and be able to continue doing talking Tesla, even if I got in a high speed accident. But this raises a concern. Why don't you go first, Tom? No, but what I was going to say is, is, is because, because it didn't get the highest ratings in the crash test, that doesn't mean it's not safer, right? Because of all the other features, right? The autopilot features, sure. the braking features, sure. all the other things that they're adding to it, I think it makes it a, a factor of 10 safer in mm -hmm. the long run, right? And that's really why you got into it because you, want, you bought the new one because you wanted that enhanced autopilot because it was going to keep you in the lanes when you were really tired at night driving back from a shift. And it was going to be able to see other cars that were doing crazy things in front of the car in front of you also, right? So there are other things that make it safer. And safety is not 100% in indi crash test data, is not the 100% indicator of how safe these cars are. That's true. It's not an in vivo analysis. Exactly. I'm just saying I still want them to have all of that and to be fantastic on every crash that they put them through. You want it to, to know a crash is coming an hour and a half ahead of yes. time, send you a notification on your yes. phone, which sends it to your Apple Watch, yes. and then when you're driving down the freeway 15 minutes before it would have gotten to that accident, you yes. want it to fly up yes. into the sky yes. and take you back home. Is that so much to ask, Tom? Is it? No, I mean, I think that they're coming. That's coming. So you guys have spoken to energy, the sun, I don't know. Who else have you spoken to? It doesn't really matter right now, but I... Gasoline last week. I gasoline, right. I'm going to talk to Elon. Elon, I know you listen to Talking Tesla. Of course he does. I want you <laughs> to, number one, give this organization, the IIHS, a brand new Tesla and have them smash it again because I want this modified. And I want to see how the all-glass roof does in a rollover because... The, la the first re version of S with that uh, beam that goes between the B pillars 
broke the machine that tried to crush the car. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking now maybe I shouldn't have gotten the all glass roof, which I haven't yet taken delivery of, because maybe that machine will crush the car like a small... Uh, the upside, the upside to uh, Tesla is that they don't flip over very much. But I think we're all interested in that. Now you've got an all glass roof. If you do flip it, is it going to smash like Humpty Dumpty? Right. It's it's similar to a convertible, right? And a lot of the old convertibles have those bar, those roll bars that kind of come up over the driver's right. head, like the old Cobra. You see that big right. half circular kind of thing sticking up over the driver's head. Although, I guess, I guess if you got into a Cobra, your head would be two or three feet above right. that little yeah. circle right there. You're yeah. a tall man as well. I don't fit in a lot of cars, but uh, this uh, this raises my concern. And does this mean that we now have another? Aftermarket accessory we can add to our Teslas with all glass roof, an internal roll bar. Mm, where that would be? Yeah, I don't, you should I don't just know. leave your head at home when you drive that car. I think just leave it at home. I'm what? leaving my head here on the kitchen table, <laughs> and uh, I'll get it when I come home. How about a hundred D battery pack update? Okay, let's talk about that. So this is uh, going to set us off on a whole nother tangent. But um, so you got your hundred D battery, and a lot of people want it, but they can't get it because people also want to have supercharging for life. So Robert, you've delved deep into this, and let me just say one thing: Why would you <laughs> Tesla come out with a hundred D at the same time as cutting off uh, supercharging for life and juxtapose those two in time and space so it looks like you're being sort of assholes? That you can have a hundred D, or you can have supercharging for life, but you can't have both. Because Why did they bring them out around the same time? They give you an extra thirty-five miles of range, which means you need supercharging less, anyways. Um, no, I just don't accept that because people Babies. want both. I want both. I Robert want wants both. both. You um, have a big spiel here with one of our when uh, is contributors. The last time you drove more than four hundred miles in a day. You do that uh, all the time? About three weeks ago. You go more than 400 in one day? Yeah. We were trying to get back from Denver. We only did it in two, uh, two and a half days. And Okay, so okay, so how much supercharging did you do that what, day? I, I, no, not that a long day. ton, not a metric ton, not but a, short a shit ton. But how many miles are we talking? That's what I want to know. In a how day? Many, how many kilowatt hours of energy did you put into your car in supercharging on that trip? I don't know, but we drove through a lot of altitude. In other words, going up and down. We drove through a lot of cold weather, and it it was a pain. It, it No doubt it is. You said you know, it last week. My, you'd rather do six supercharging stops than nine supercharging than nine, stops. Exactly. An increased range would allow you to do less supercharging stops. But So tell me what's going on here. You suggested that maybe there was somebody that – complained to Tesla and said, I both, I want the 100D and I want supercharging for life, or I'm going to have a hissy fit. And they got their, they got both of them. But what's the story? Yeah, no, I think what they ended up doing most likely is they ended up getting the 100D and they didn't, they did, they failed to mention that they didn't get supercharging for life. And I've gone back and forth. I talked to the mothership, Tesla itself. I did talk to Tesla, actually Nicole. And she told me that, quote, no Teslas with a 100D battery configuration, have been sold or ordered with supercharging for life. And I said, is that the bottom line? She said, yes. Except for Elon's. I don't know about Elon. Yeah, Elon's got a 5,000 kilowatt hour battery. <laughs> you know how much Elon could care about what anything costs? He's, buying, he's building a tunnel, for God's sake. But these costs are super nominal. 
the supercharging costs. I don't know how many times we have to do the math. We have to do the math every time. <laughs> They're not super nominal if you're somebody like Robert who uses it all the time. And, and if does you're going to 30,000 own... miles a year and half of them are on supercharging, it's going to add up. Look, I made a pledge, like a pledge to my wife that this would be my last car because I'm spending so effing much money on it. Oh, speaking of that. Yes. What's happening with the old Tesla, Robert? Got an update for us? No. Well, so far the update is that wife is going to drive it begrudgingly because it's so big Poor her. and difficult <laughs> difficult to maneuver. Well, she's, you know, a Prius driver. What happens if you have two first world problems in one household? <laughs> then I become one of the 89 percenters or, or maybe that's a, a, ni- a 19 percenter. But anyway, she's probably going to drive it until the three comes out. Then the question is, it'll be worth even less. That is what do I do with it then? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Man. Spare Tesla. Maybe I'll Just buy it. Put it vertically on the side of your house and turn it into a power pack. My concern is what my car insurance company is going to do to me. So anyway, we have other listeners who really care about this. And so um, I, I, I'm going to take back what I said last week because I have further confirmed that it does not look like we can have our cake and eat it too. And I'm sad about that. And I agree with Mel. It's a, it was a snafu. If they would have stuck to, to, to their guns and not extended Supercharger for Life till January 15th, right? Cut it off at December 31st. And then by December 7th, Pearl Harbor? No. Yeah. Yeah, Pearl, Pearl Harbor, Harbor Day. Day. By December 7th, you would have had to have made a decision to change your order or not. And after that, it's like $2,500 or you have to reorder. It's a big deal, right? After a week, they kind of set you in stone and you can't make changes, although people have made some changes. And they probably shouldn't have come out with the 100D until, you know, February or later. And it turns out that they're not even going to be making the 100D battery packs until, quote, the end of February, which could be the end of March. Does that mean it could potentially have the new cell? No, I don't. Well, I don't know. Evidently, they said the 100D battery pack is only a difference uh, because of the configuration of the cells and not because of the 21700 cell inclusion. So it's more, it's a few more cells. That's right. 10%. Yeah. So, uh, again, I think if I was running Tesla, and I probably am going to be asked to do that any day now, I just would have spaced the stuff out a little bit. Just space it out. When you do these major upgrades, don't do them at the same time do an either or. Just space it out a little bit. It's just psychology, all right? Just space it out. I'm just saying, all right? Elon, are you listening? Maybe they're distracted, like, you know, trying to put out the Model 3 instead. My guess is they never intended to extend free supercharging for life. They kept doing it because they wanted to run up the sales, right? Were bunches of babies about it. It's a great selling point. I never have to pay for energy, gas, fuel. It's a great selling point. I can't I know, tell you. But we also have conversation after conversation of like, please stop using the superchargers in your day-to-day life. Yeah. True that. Okay, let's go on and talk about uh, the new uh, maintenance plans. So um, it's been reported by a number of people. We've got an article here from Teslarati that says, uh, you know, we've got some new maintenance plans and some extended service warranties. And Jess and Dave dove into this in great detail because they're going to drive a lot. I couldn't be bothered. Here's the audio. Okay, Mel, we have a new one because uh, we, we understand it now. It's confusing, So, but I think we got it. Okay. So Tesla changed their maintenance plans and service agreements. Yeah, last night or this morning, whichever. I got the email at 6 a.m. We were 
coming up to our deadline where we had to decide on a warranty. Yeah, so when you when you first bought your car, or when we first bought our car in December, we had 60 days from the purchase date of our car to decide what type of warranty, warranty we wanted. And our 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 time was like next week. We had to decide. Right. So so this morning when you logged into my Tesla, the maintenance and service plans are just totally different than they were yesterday. Yeah. They're totally different. Yeah. Uh, there were ex- there was an extended service agreement option. I just can't remember what it was. But the maintenance plans, yeah, there were different. There was 3 yesterday. I think there was a 2-year, a 4-year, and an 8-year. Okay, so the bottom line now um, so the maintenance plans are, there's two options. There's only two only options. Two. There's a three-year plan um, or a four-year plan. But for us, it's not so much about the years because we're going to drive our car a lot. So it's more about the miles. So the three-year plan. Maintenance plan. Yeah, the three-year maintenance plan yeah. is supposed to be done every 12,500 miles. So for us, it's mainly more about the miles. Yeah, we're already at 3,000. Yeah, we're going to exceed this really fast. So... If you buy the three-year plan, um, first of all, it doesn't even have to be purchased until either 12 months or 12,500 miles. Yeah. So when, when, you, when you hit your already prepaid annual right. service inspection. So this, this covers you after your already prepaid, prepaid one. So, okay, perfect. So, we don't even need to buy this until we're approaching 12,000 miles. Like next December. Oh, yeah, right, well, miles. Gonna, yeah, yeah, it's going to happen in a few months. Yeah. We can't go by months, we have to go by miles. So, then we'll buy either the three-year or the four-year um, maintenance plan, and that will include, like, the inspections and the wiper fluid yeah, and blades yeah. and stuff All like that. that. Stuff. Okay, good. So, that's the maintenance plan. That's one thing. And then completely separate is the extended service agreement. And this is sort of like an extension of the warranty on parts and like defects with the parts. Yeah, like we screwed up your radar. Right. Uh, bring it in so we can fix it. So this one is either um, two years or 25,000 miles or four years, 50,000 miles. We're going to go off mileage again. Yeah. Um, so our basic warranty that came with the car was... Four years or 50,000 miles, whichever comes first. So for us, as soon as we start to approach 50,000 miles, then we need to purchase either the, the one of these two service agreements. Right. If we purchase the two-year, it's 25,000 extra miles on, on top, top of, of the, the 50. 50. Yeah. Or the four-year, which is 50,000 miles on top of the 50 where we put on. Right. So what we'll do for this one is we'll wait till we're getting near 50,000 miles, and then we'll come in, we'll purchase this 50,000-mile extension, and that's $4,250. And okay. that will cover us for parts up to total 100,000 miles. Right. Got it. Yeah. So what do you guys say about these new maintenance and service plans? Are you excited? Does it just like get you up in the morning? Oh, Tesla's got new maintenance plans. You know, it's kind of interesting. I, I don't know if I put it in the notes or not, but I, I was looking through Tesla trivia. In fact, that brings me to the Tesla quiz that includes some Tesla trivia. But what does Tesla, you know, the service, they don't do any maintenance. Well, there they is do. so 
very little. No, but they've learned some things. That's the whole point of this article, right? Okay. Tesla, in the, the letter that they sent out, said over the 3 billion miles that our cars have now driven, we've learned some things about maintenance and maintenance schedules and what it needs. And this new maintenance plan fits that data. So they, they did it data first, and they said, okay, this is what you're going to need to do once a year, and this is a plan that will help you either prepay for that or not prepay for that. I looked on my my Tesla yesterday, and there were no options for extended maintenance plans because I bought my vehicle in a used state or the used state that my vehicle came in. Can you get one of these extended service plans? No, I just said I couldn't. No, they weren't. They're not, not on. They're not, not available. Like not I didn't on. see anything like, hey, purchase an extended thing. You know, when we bought our car used, mm-hmm. they give you – Four years, 50,000 miles, sort of an additional kind of thing. But that's for the warranty, not for maintenance. And I didn't see anything on there for maintenance. Maybe they're not rolling them out to everyone. Like if you look on your My Tesla, did you see? No, I didn't know. I didn't go check it out. I forgot because I was watching the Super Bowl. That's super helpful. But in this article, the one thing that I meant that that I noticed was there's a a sentence that says 100 of the 180,000 Teslas on the road today. Yes. So that's getting very close to, to that, that. 200,000 magic number. Right. And we, at one point, thought, eh, maybe it'll get extended. Do you gentlemen think there is any chance, even with Elon on the president's advisory council, that that 200,000 limit gets bumped up? So what you're talking about, for those people that don't know, there's a... Each manufacturer gets 200,000 cars with the federal rebate. Once you reach that, Correct. federal rebate stops. Looks like federal rebate will be stopping soon, and you're suggesting that Donald Trump is not going to extend that to more cars? No, I'm asking whether or not you think that there's even I that no snowball's in chance in there's hell no that that happens. In yeah. hell that's going to happen. But, Robert, you've got some trivia questions for us. Let's do it. I'm ready. All right. Um, I don't understand what's about to go on here, but uh, I think I. we're going to be asked some questions. Uh-oh. I hope we know Well, this was actually for Alexa and Google. And then, you know, you guys can fill in the blanks. So I'm okay. going to, I guess we have just Google here. Today. I gave up on Alexa. She's as dumb as dog poop. Okay, Google, what month and year did Tesla Motors reveal the Tesla Roadster? Sorry, I don't understand. All right, guys, what do you think? 2006. Nice. What month, Tom? March. There's going to be a theme running through here. July 2006. And we're at the Santa Monica Airport. In one of the hangars there? Barker. Exactly. Extra credit points. Thank you. It was an invitation-only event, of course. I was not there. I bet the music and the alcohol you probably are aware of. I probably know somebody who was there. And they said this car was available, but, you know, it didn't deliver uh, for a little while. How many years did it take? Three. Dos. Two years. It didn't deliver until 2008. Um, Who got the first one? Elon. Yes. Thank you. High five. All right. Okay, Google. In what year was Tesla Motors incorporated? Sorry, I'm not sure how to help. Oh, my God. We're going to have to do a little wow. Google education. When, when do you guys think Tesla Motors was incorporated? You know, like 1999. Like that, you mean like when it was an actual company? Yeah, when they started. actually made it like official that Tesla Motors existed. Oh, it's uh, January 7th, I believe, 2004. 2003, July. July. Hmm. Everything happens in July. Lots of things happen in Tesla time in July. All right, question number three. Okay, Google, who started the company Tesla Motors? Tesla, Inc. was founded by J.B. Straubel, Martin Eberhard, Ian Wright, and others. Wow. So the two 
principals. The two engineers. One of the principal was actually mentioned. JB was part of the sort of like the group, and so was uh, the third name mentioned, but not they weren't the founders. The point is, it was not Elon Musk. It was Mark Tarpening and Martin Eberhardt were the first principals of Tesla, and uh, Elon didn't join for a while. And then he was like, hey. I got a whole bunch of cash from PayPal. You guys want to make this happen? Well, those guys had a whole bunch of cash from one of the earliest readers. You know, like it was like a pre-Kindle. But they didn't have Elon money. That's right. So now I'm going to move on to Model S. Okay, Google, what are the six parts that need regular replacement on a Tesla Model S? Sorry, I'm not sure how to help. This is not going well. Are four of them the tires? That's true. Tires, windshield wipers. That's it. There's two windshield wipers. So really, that's the only thing they've ever replaced at, at service uh, appointments we, for me. We killed that. Okay, Google, what was the code name for Model 3 during the development period? Sorry, I don't know how to help with that yet. This is not going like the Super Bowl. Do you guys know? Yeah, it was uh, called Schlafrachenlin. <laughs> the best thing about this segment is no one will ever hear it. <laughs> well, this is interesting. This is interesting trivia that I think Talking Tesla Nation needs. It was called Blue Star. Oh. Blue Star, Model 3, Blue Star. That is and nice what was Model S's code name? Red Star? No, but... Orange Star. Black Star? Oh, my God. White Star. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that was our first and last attempt at trivia <laughs> here on Talking Tesla. Model 3, last week we talked about the trunk and how it lifts up. Is it, What is it called in this country? Is it called a trunk? Yes. Okay. What's it called what would you like it boot? to be called? I'm really the I'm, boot. I'm I thought those tires myself. were the boots. I'm so confused about how to say things in each language. The now. trunk is the, the boot. The boot. Yeah, and the bonnet is the hood. Yeah. Thank you. The bonnet. So I couldn't get in my head how this thing lifts up without the glass thing coming up. And Tom has got a picture of a Model Three with the boot up but the glass down. Please try and explain this in words that a five-year-old can well, understand. Well, I explained it last week. It's exactly how I thought it was going to be. So there's a pretty good-sized trunk opening. It looks like there could be quite a bit of space under there. Um, and, yeah, so it, it opens up about right at the where the little window behind the C pillar. So there's the A pillar in the front of the driver, the B pillar just behind the driver, and then the C pillar right on the – right side of the rear passenger door. And then there's that little triangular window. And right there is the seam for the trunk lid. So it doesn't open. There's not a hinge right by. And most of these sedans, the hinge would be right above the taillight, for instance, right? And that's where it would open and it would kind of get in your way occasionally, potentially not open big enough. But in this car, there's a long, another extra foot and a half before that opens and it lifts up and it gives you a nice big opening and the trunk looks pretty large for a model for on the model three and this is a lovely matte uh, black version of it looks cool what is the what is the advantages of it opening up like this is it just because they wanted a nice panoramic glass and this is the only way to do it i think it's just about well i mean i think it's that and i think it's also about the the general engineering yeah the glass goes a little bit farther probably wanted the glass to come down a little as far as they could for visibility back there and also you know like my guess is some of the design was based on that drag coefficient air running across it and, and through the back of it when it's closed so i don't know i mean the other thing is the other way they would have had to not – they would have had to have split the rear window and done that big hatch. Right. Is there any other cars that you know of? I'm not a car guy. Any other cars that have a boot like that? There might be, but I, I don't know. I've not hand. seen anything I don't think like so. This. 
I think they probably end up with an extra two to four inches of opening for the trunk because they've eliminated where you would expect the hinge to be. And this is really kind of cool. It lifts up and out. I think that this is a great picture. Thanks for finding this, Tom. What's really interesting to me is I believe this is at uh, the Deer Park Tesla headquarters. This is sort of that room that sticks out towards the parking lot. And if you look in the background, there's a red car. There's a red car that has like two doors. And it looks kind of sleek. And I wonder if that red car might represent this upcoming Tesla Roadster. Hmm. It looks like a leaf in the front almost. It's, yeah, it's, an, it's a leaf. Is it's it? a leaf? Yeah, look at it. I just zoomed into it. If you just zoom into it, it's definitely a leaf. Yeah. It looks leaf-like. But I like Robert's idea better. Um now, last week at uh, one minute, one hour and six minutes, I said, stop everything, Elon, and build the Model 3. This is from somebody's um, letter. Yeah. No, I, I wrote this. I was listening to it, and it came just after I had heard this really interesting news. And I figured Elon really does listen to the show. He really does listen to Tom and Mel, because the two of you both said, just stop Stop launching rockets, stop digging tunnels, stop everything, and get the Model 3 out, right? We had read that awful uh, Seeking Alpha article that says the world is coming to an end because Model 3 will never occur. And I thought, you know, stop everything. No possible way they could do that. We even said there's no way they were going to shut down lines and do this. But what did I hear? Exactly that. In uh, February this month, on the 18th, the Tesla factory in Fremont shuts down, period. I, th- I think they should have shut it down on the 14th for Valentine's Day. I think that would have yeah. been cooler. Let their employees have a little extra time off to be with their loved ones because they are you know, losing their shit in the Tesla parking lot for sure. <laughs> so on the 18th of February, they're shutting the factory down mm-hmm. for 10 days. Unheard of. Not How unheard you know of. This? That is incorrect. Well, for, for Tesla. No, it is not. Oh, it is not. Okay. Uh, I was interested in this particular thing, and I wanted to know, historically, has Tesla done this in the past? According to the Albuquerque Journal of July, in July of 2014, they shut down to retool the line to make the X, and it was closed for about two weeks. They did the same thing. They shut down the S line to start producing, to make it adjustments so they could start making S's and X's on the same line. But that was before talking Tesla memory, I guess. I haven't seen this on electric. I haven't seen it on Tesla radio. I haven't seen it on all of these things. I couldn't either. find it anywhere. And you're telling us that mm-hmm. they're closing the line? This that's, is huge. This is big. That's because talking Tesla is the source. Can I ask you where that information came from? Can you back up this fake news? <laughs> is this an alternative fact? I must protect my sources. Otherwise, how, how, what is your level of confidence in this? 100%. What? Who wow. is this source? 100%. Elon Musk? So this, Gene, this from is coming talking from Teslarati and Electric. You heard it here first. That's right. So when they start putting out articles and not crediting us, you know, I'm a little concerned about what your source is. I would really like to, you know, be journalistic about this and find out if this, you've been talking to Elon. This comes from the inside. From the factory, from the inside. From inside your Sorry, products. Tesla, there, 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 there's, there's a, a way to get information out. And since we are here trying to make you as successful as possible yeah. and give the Tesla nation all the news they need. So February 18th to the 20th. For 10 days, they're going to shut it down, readjust some things, and hopefully 
they're going to start to make those hundred mules, right? To start yeah. driving them around That's, on the line. Right. Are they specifically shutting it down? I've got more questions. Follow up. Yes. Are they specifically shutting it what? down? Wait, wait, what was that? Specifically <laughs> shutting it down to retool for Model Three production. Yes or no? Yes. And you know what's going to really piss Tesla off now that we've done this? No. All those people who are picking up their cars and going to the factory and looking forward to their factory tour. Mm-hmm. It's going to be quiet. You think they'll close the factory tour? Maybe they don't not. have to. They don't show anything anyways, really. Yeah. Well, they won't be seeing robots zapping and sparking and doing yeah, all that kind of that stuff. That is exciting. The yeah. zapping and the sparking. I'm going to ask you one more time. You're saying that on February 18th, <laughs> they're going to close the line. They're going to retool for Model 3. This means that Model 3 is going to come out on time. Is that true, sir? We can be happy again. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. Yeah. That's hot. Although we did get a letter from someone... Who was this yeah, letter from? Diego. Where they talked about the types of welding, right? Mm. And this was actually very, very interesting, right? So the S and the X, because they have aluminum body, they do TIG welding and long seams of TIG welding. And if the and so those are very specific robots. Like TIG welding is what you do to weld What's aluminum. A TIG? It's T I G. I don't know what it stands for, but it's what you use to weld aluminum to aluminum. It's a much more difficult right. thing right. to to weld. It's it's aluminum is generally a weaker metal, so the welds are longer. Where steel you can spot weld because the metal itself is is structurally stronger, right? So you're not relying on the structure of the actual welding material. Uh, so the, the tungsten other... inert gas welding. And and the and so somebody wrote a letter, I wish I knew who it was. We'll figure it out by the end of the show for sure, where he talked about the fact that they'll need less welding and a different type of welding on the Model 3. So interestingly, I wonder if the same robots can do both welds, like Probably go not. back and forth. They'll, but they'll or, just like, this car will be welded by the A robot, right. but the three will be welded by, by the, the B, B robot, robot. And they'll yeah. just pass through and a second robot yeah. will do the welding. Can you confirm that the robot's name is A and B? <laughs> <laughs> what inside information do you have? No, usually they have like, uh, um, what are they called? Uh, like uh, Optimus Prime and, you know, the name of the bots. What are the bots? They are... Robots. The Transformers? The Transformers. They've named the robots after Transformers. They've named them after other, like, I don't know about superheroes. Like, I think one which lifts the entire S up, like the whole chassis up and puts it over to another spot is like Superman mm. or something like that. Yeah, I think I remember that from the tour. Can as I well. just go where well, we first met, Tom, yeah, right? Yeah, that's can I go as an aside just for a question? Uh, which we were having this discussion yesterday during the Super Bowl. Which is the worst series, Fast and Furious or Transformers? Which of those is the most lame series? How about uh, throw Pirates of the Caribbean in there? No, oh, started off strong. Well, don't throw Star Wars in because I know that'll be the the least just lame. I just it's for your own for discussion me, at home. I, I'm not a, a Fast and Furious fan. Mm-hmm. I've never watched Fast Furious. In we're or otherwise, I understand that the yeah, trailer I've never for seen eight looked really cheesy but also kind of good i still will not watch it because that's just not my jam do any of them have a tesla in it i watched the first couple of transformers and i don't like them i will tell you this one thing my wife could not have been more excited about a new transformer movie and a new pirates of the caribbean movie she loves both of those franchises like nobody's business now i know this is an aside but i've just got to say the problem with the transformers movies is very simple and i could fix it in a second okay when the robots are fighting 
Yeah. You can't tell the good guys from the bad guys. You don't know who to root for. That if is If you could so just wrong. make the good robots, I don't know, brown and the bad robots purple, then I'd know who's fighting and oh, who so to it has to be it has to be a color thing for you. It does because I can't work out what's going on. It's very robot racist. And the racist. problem with Fast and Furious is it's the same movie every single time with no plot, some very good looking people and some explosions. As opposed and to Transformers? Which is also completely <laughs> lame. But now it has Mark Wahlberg, so there's at least that. He's kind of interesting. So it turns out in Fast and Furious number four, mm-hmm. a black Tesla Roadster is featured. Oh, is well, it then destroyed? it's not completely lame. Look, I've, I'm sorry for that. Diego Quivero, um said, Mel, here's a couple of things about the stock price. He thinks Seeking Alpha is basically shorting the stock, and that's why they keep coming out with all of these, it sucks, it sucks, it's never going to come out on time. I don't know if that's true. I can't say that that is true or not, Diego. But he also asked, what's happening with the Going Zero podcast? And I must say that I've been a little busy, but at the end of this giantly enormous long and fairly average talking uh-huh. tesla will be a very short and quite good going <laughs> zero i am actually going to rename going zero to going nowhere oh <laughs> that's upsetting also they called you out in the go in another letter maybe it was the same letter uh-huh. about you're doing a going zero podcast but you are constantly flipping technology Oh, yeah, we're going to get to that. So uh, Chris has an article here, a question here that says, uh, I have no cell service and limited GPS where I am. Is this going to be a problem for um, getting a Model 3? And first of all, I asked the question, where could you possibly be where you have no cell service and shitty GPS? Nederland, Colorado. Um, I think you've pretty much got to be in a bunker in the middle of the ocean. But anyway, this is a problem for a number of reasons that Robert wants to bring up. Yeah, you're definitely going to have some problems because you're not going to be able to connect your app on the Tesla, on their cell phone to your car. So don't expect your app to unlock your car. There's not going to be any streaming to your media center. You're going to have no internet browsing on the touchscreen. Uh, you're not going to have over-the-air updates unless you can park your car near your house where you have a Wi-Fi uh, signal. And uh, if you can't get GPS because you're in the mountains, you're going to see a lot of blank map screens. And that's that's kind of a bummer. It might download the local maps from your Wi-Fi while you're there at home. And when you drive around, it'll probably still work. But if you get out of a certain range, the map starts turning gray. I just you've really got to ask yourself, Chris, why do you live there if you don't have all the things that make life worthwhile, like cell phone access and GPS? And he says he lives in the land that is Ned. But Not might, me, but his be, words. But might be a beautiful place. They're your words now because you just said them. It, it might, might be, be a beautiful, beautiful place to live. He might be a very important person to that community. He might have grown up there. His family may have founded it. I don't know. There's a lot of reasons that you would live remotely. Uh, I'm on uh, the town of Nederland's website. Very nice website. Lots of information. Seems like a beautiful place to live. Uh a lot of people walking around, a lot of cars driving. They're not showing it in the winter, but it, it's in the Rockies, in the just buried in the Rockies, apparently. I wonder how well his autopilot or autonomous driving features will work in that setting. Be careful. The slogan is, life's better up here. I guess it's not, you know, confused with lots of internet access. <laughs> maybe maybe some maybe. people can live their lives without I don't so know much who those people are. I, I reject that. I don't think people can live without internet access. Population of Nederland? Any guesses? One. I'd say uh, 1,800. Mm, very close. 1,445 according to Wikipedia. Kip Spanbauer sent us a little note here, and it's, uh, it was fairly long, but it says something like this. Look, I've heard about the Model 3, 
And uh, you guys keep saying, nobody's talking about it. Nobody's talking about it. Nobody's talking about it at Tesla. And the reason for that, Mel, is that they're communication geniuses. They're trying to get everybody excited about the March 31st reveal event. But the point that I was making, Kip, was not only have we not hearing much about what's going on, we're not seeing the prototypes. And I was freaking out. But now... Robert has revealed that they're going to close down the line, so I feel good again that they're going to start making prototypes on uh, mid-February. So now I'm feeling okay, Kip, so I'm all good. I'm back. I'm happy. Mark Bylock says, uh, look, he's waiting for a Model 3, but he's got a specific question. He's up there in Toronto, and uh, he's starting to get into the electric lifestyle, but he wants to ask the question, should I wait to put in my reservation or should I just jump in right now? No. I'd say jump in because if you recall when Mel was salivating for a Model X, it turns out that they put out an email blast to, I don't know, a thousand people because they expect they're going to have a thousand cars roll off the line. I'm using an X example. And then a lot of people sit back and go, oh, I don't know. Do I really want this car? Do I have the money? Whatever. They sit back and they hesitate. And then if you're the one who jumps in first and says, yep, I want it. Here's my deposit or here's my, you know, down payment, set a date for delivery. You can jump ahead of that thousand people. I have a counter argument for you, though. Yeah. You guys have been going back and forth about this new feature and that new feature. Do you not think there's any utility to just like take a breath, wait and see a few 10,000, a couple of 10,000, 20,000, 30,000. And then Tesla's like, you know what? That's being pretty good. Look, we got this new feature to just keep the excitement going and going. And There's going. another reason not to get it. But here's, but uh, let me just take a step back here. If you're suggesting that there are going to be so many cancellations that if this uh, person doesn't if they uh, they can wait to put in their reservation because there's only going to be ten thousand. There's going to be three hundred, four hundred thousand already coming off before somebody who hasn't got a reservation right now gets one. So get your reservation now. That's assuming now. everybody follows through with their reservation. Okay, so let's say twenty five percent, which would be an incredible number of people, say I don't want it. It's three hundred thousand people are going to get their Model Threes before you. I suggest get in now. You can always take your money back later. That's get in now. True. We have five reservations around this table. Correct. I got two. You've got one. Robert. Two. Two. Yes. And so, Robert, what is at the very, very moment, this moment, how many of those reservations do you think you're going to get? One, maybe two. Hey, I've got two reservations. Uh-huh, yeah. I have no intention of keeping two uh, threes. Okay. So why do I have two reservations? Is two threes a six? <laughs> Model six. But for example, I don't know, Cece might want say. one. She's in the room. And she can come over one day and say, let's uh, configure uh, a Model 3. Yeah. And so then I configure it. And I guess you have to do it this way because I can't transfer it to I buy it. Uh-huh. And then I sell it to Cece the next day. Can I do that? You can that's because it doesn't, doesn't matter anymore about the federal. It won't matter about the federal tax credit. You can't do that and get the federal tax credit. Like she couldn't get that federal tax credit. I would get the federal tax credit. That is She'd correct. get the car. I'd take it off the top because I'm a good guy. Because I've got grandpa wants one. And I'm guessing Cece might want one. So I'm going to get two Model 3s. What if I want one? 
then I'm going to have to go to Robert, who's going to go to the PO, who's going to go to Tom. Wait, How am gonna, I going to get mine? Oh, that's a better question. Are you going to let him jump in front of me for your in-store reservation? If you're still driving a freaking ice cart, man, I'm going <laughs> to pave the road to you. I did see a bolt with a bee in the wild oh, yesterday. I have a, well, was that exciting? Yeah, I said It was pretty exciting. I, I was on a hike, yeah. and the boys I were with were like, oh, it's much bigger than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. It's actually the nice. Bolt. Oh, the bolt. Uh, <laughs> are we going? Wow, on? what the hell that is wrong weird. with you? That was are we changing to bolt now? Because I drove a bolt last weekend. I, I went. I don't think we're changing the bolt. It was just a just I, an aside. I called my local dealership because they sent me a thing that said we have bolts in stock, and mm-hmm. I thought, oh, good. I've been waiting for them to actually respond for weeks. Yeah. I went down there. Didn't have the time to do this, but I actually did, and I went and I drove the bolt. Yeah. And uh, you know what I was impressed with? No. It's front wheel drive. That didn't really impress me. That actually disappointed me because that, do you know why the Model 3, if you only get a single motor option, is rear-wheel drive? And for the Model S, same difference. Bigger frunk? No. It's because if you think about how the torque works as you're putting power to the wheels, you want to have it in the back. The bolt puts it up front. Why? No clue. But the thing burned out. All over the place because I wanted to check it out. I wanted to see how well does it work? How does it, you know, how does it handle if I take off and start turning the wheels? And the thing just spun the tires three different times. The thing that you notice about all of these electric cars, like yeah. the Bolt, the RAV4, right, mm-hmm. is when you open the hood, the bonnet, as they would call it in some places, it looks like a freaking regular car, right? Yeah. When you look at the Tesla motor, Right, that's in the back. You go into the showroom and you see it. It just—it's one little self-contained. It looks like those little motors when you had when you were a kid, where you had the two wires and you attached right. it to a battery. That's what it looks like. And these other car companies are just making sort of them look the same. They have all these mm-hmm. cables and wires going all over the place under the hood. When you open the hood of the Bolt, it looks like a normal sort of engine. Going I, I on have a there. feeling that it's probably because they don't want to have the service technicians freak out, like, "Oh my God." What am I doing here? Uh, you know, or why do, it looks like they have so many freaking parts on this car. They're not going the way of Silicon Valley tech of cleaning it all up, minimizing everything. Why? Because how do the dealerships make their money? Service. Service. Yeah. You said something which I'm not sure is fundamentally true. There's a lot of front real front driven cars because supposedly that's better in like ice and uh, right. better handling. And supposedly. Stuff. And you're just saying it's not true. Not with an electric motor because your torque level is so much higher. You've oh, never seen. You, think that's the re- you have never seen a front wheel drive pickup truck. Okay. I haven't. Maybe there's one out there, but so it you're failed. saying because it's got so much torque, it's going to spin more, and that was your experience. Yeah. Uh, fake news, Robert. Um, <laughs> wrong. Bad. <laughs> or, but, but but otherwise, your bolt. Like, how did you fit in it? You're a tall gentleman. What did you feel about the fit? I, I thought it was it, it was interesting because. I felt like I was at a waistline. So where I was sitting, the front of the car was really narrow. It felt really narrow. When I looked behind me, it felt really wide. So it had this really interesting perspective. This is the second time I've sat in it. I think it's very comfortable. And if there wasn't a Tesla out there, I would pick that car up in a heartbeat. But, you know, my concern is uh, that it doesn't handle and or accelerate anything like the Tesla does. Yeah. I think the three is going to blow it out of the water. No dual drive option on it. True. Which hopefully there will be on a three, although that's unconfirmed. Although at the at the dealership, I'm, I haven't seen a car dealership in quite some time, right? I bought my plug-in Prius in like, 
when it first came out in 2012, I think, mm-hmm. or 11. And, you know, dealing with dealers is, is, a, is a pain in the butt. But they offer like a free wash every week. They'll change your wipers every year. They do all this stuff just for, for five years, just for coming and buying from them. They have Wi-Fi and they have like an office area set up. You can plug in your laptop. There's a coffee machine. It's like a second home. You know why they really do that? Because that's where they want you to do your service. You're like, well, I'll just uh-huh. take it in there, get my service done, get my oil changed, and they'll wash my car for me. Yeah, I'd and do it's that. It's a lot heartbeat. more expensive than getting your oil changed at an independent place. True. Let's talk about autopilot. This article is from Electric. Electric uh, says, you know, we've got all these thousands of cars now with autopilot 2.0 hardware, but how many cars actually have the software enabled to do fully autonomous driving? And it turns out they say that there are four X's that have software-enabled fully autonomous driving. And the report says that they've done 550 miles of autonomous driving, at least on the roads, in 2016. And that's it. And they know this because they have to give the data to the uh, DMV, the Department of Motor Vehicles here in uh, California. Um, They've done 1.3 billion miles of autopilot driving, hardware one, hardware two, but only 550 miles of fully autonomous driving? That's kind of interesting. We've got another article that's going to come up and talk about how safe these all are. But um, the other thing I just wanted to mention was that they just updated Autopilot hardware again. Oh, the software for hardware 2.0. And you know how my wavy lines? Yeah. Um, I was hoping that in the next software update they would fix that. And how did that hope go for you? Uh, All hope is gone, Tom. Oh. Dashed. Still wavy. Still super wavy. I'm going to have to take this car in because of the pitch angle of the camera. But let me ask you this question. So when you went the first time and spoke to them about this situation, did they say, oh, it might get fixed by software, so let's wait? Yes. So the engineer there who hadn't seen the problem before because it was one of the first cars to have this thing turned on said, I don't know. I guess we wait for the next uh, update. So we had another update. Yeah. And it didn't fix it. And so I thought, I don't know, hope springs eternal. I'll wait for another update. Yeah. And uh, nothing. Yeah. So now you'll so now you'll make an appointment. Yep. You'll take it in. We'll see how long that it takes, takes. that appointment to happen. And I'll ask the engineer, exactly what are you going to do? You unscrew the camera? Is it basically unscrew the camera and you just got to tilt the camera a bit? What exactly is this tilt angle thing and how do you fix it? Because I want my autonomous driving. Because the other thing they did... Was it was uh, it was forty five miles an hour? Now yeah. it's up to fifty miles an hour. They've got now side collision warning, and I presume side collision if somebody's going to crash into you steering, it'll take over, and better front collision. And I have to say this: I actually used the front collision, or it went off on me. I was driving down the road, I mm-hmm. got distracted. I'm looking over to the left, and my car went boom, 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 and I immediately slammed my foot on the brake, and it prevented me crashing into the person in front of me. Thank you, Tesla. Nice. Well done. But they haven't reached out to you proactively to say, bring your car in. No. And I would think that they could tell that my camera is not working correctly or all of those people whose camera is not rendering or their software is not rendering properly because of the camera. But they have not specifically said, hey, dude, bring it in. We need to tweak it. You'd think they would know. Bro, bring your car in, man. Dude, it's like it's totally hammered. Barry Devlin sent us a letter about autonomous driving. And I said uh, a couple of weeks ago that Elon said fully autonomous driving is going to occur in three to six months. And he said, gross misunderstanding, wrong, bad. Everything is sort of Trumpian. Yeah, I get it. It goes, what he really was responding to was a very specific question about when uh, enhanced autopilot capabilities would start to move away from fully self-driving 
capability, which... Uh, no, backwards. When features noticeably will depart from enhanced autopilot to full self-driving. And I'm still confused by this because there are these two packages you can buy, autopilot and then fully autonomous hardware. And I just sort of assumed, I guess, that they're all really the same thing, but they're not really the same thing because you have to pay more for the potential for full autonomous driving. On some levels, I feel like full autonomous driving is like you don't even need to be in the car on some levels. Like you can call that. Remember, we talked about this. You can call that car to come get you from the parking lot. So what are the extra things that you get for full autonomous driving versus enhanced autopilot 2.0? Well, first off, you get 4000 less of your dollars. You get that. <laughs> That's the big feature. Is it... Uh, the computer? Is it the cameras? I don't know. I'm going to have to go back and do a little research because I sort of bought this without even thinking uh, that there was a big difference. But anyway, he's suggesting that that's the difference. But doesn't that still suggest that some of the cars are going to be fully autonomous driving and that's where the differentiation is going to occur and that's going to occur in three to six months? Isn't that what it means? Or am I still an ignorant slut? Can you please explain, Barry, some more? Because I still don't really know what that means. I think it's basically when will we move from level two to level three and going towards level four. So it's basically how much more will the car do for you that you do not have to pay attention. So according to the website, enhanced autopilot, Tesla will match speed to traffic conditions. Yes. Keep within a lane, automatically change lanes without requiring driver input. Yes. So it'll know when to change lanes. Yes. Transition from one freeway to another. Exit the freeway when your destination is near. Self-park when near a parking spot and be summoned to and from your garage. That said, enhanced autopilot should still be considered a driver's assistance feature. Yes. And then you get into full self-driving capability on the website. This doubles the amount of active cameras from four to eight. Stop. So that's the first thing that I forgot. So you got twice the number of cameras. Go on. Correct. Enabling full self-driving in almost all circumstances at what we believe will be probability of safety of at least twice as good as the average human human driver. Um, All you'll need to do is get in and tell your car where to go. If you don't say anything, the car will look at your calendar and take you there as the assumed destination or just home if nothing is on the calendar. The Tesla will figure out the optimal route, navigate urban streets even without lane markings, manage complex intersections with traffic lights. That's a big one, right? Yes. It doesn't talk about that one in the first one because you still have to stop, Stop. Mm -hmm. right? Stop signs and roundabouts. Handle densely packed freeways with cars moving at high speed. When you arrive at your destination, step out at the entrance. Your car will enter park seek mode, automatically search for a spot and park itself. A tap on your phone summons it back to you. This reminds me of why I upped and got a new Tesla. I'm so excited again. Yeah, yeah. And it is, there is more hardware to do the fully autonomous driving. And it's at least four cameras and maybe something else. And it that's why like I paid just, an extra $4,000. It feels like it's just the four cameras. But the capabilities, again, that we're talking about, the braking is the big one, right? So in regular autopilot, if you get to an intersection with a stop sign, it doesn't it stop for you. It Boom! Right? My expectation is that... All eight cameras will be on the car and wired up. 
you're just paying uh, for the yeah. software because yeah. there's no way that they're going to build multiple versions no, of that, cars. It's 100% for sure, right? Because that upgrade is available after delivery for yes, $4,000, exactly. right? Yeah. So they're all in the car. Just being careful. As of right now, they're just not turned on. I wish there was a show that could explain this stuff because um, I think I, this show just oh, explained I think that. It did. That's so good. <laughs> so it's all there. Every car has it. Later on, you can turn on full autonomy. Got it. Thank you, Tom. Let's talk with uh, Roland Archer, who says, does anyone know how to park at the Tesla Fremont parking lot? Now, this came to me from Tom. It came to me from Roland. It's come to me from a number of different places. There is an Instagram account. Oh, it's so good. It's that really takes good. pictures in the parking lot at the Fremont factory because apparently it is a cluster going on over there. There's yeah. not enough room. And there's some very bad people doing some very funny things. Yeah. Tom, please explain your favorite pictures. So they're <laughs> they're very good. Talks about bad behavior. There are people who will literally park their cars and draw lines in chalk and be like, this is my spot. <laughs> right? Like <laughs> right cool. on the ground. There are pictures of cars being towed away, pictures of cars being booted by Tesla security, pictures of a guy with like 19 yellow Tesla tickets with the comments underneath that said, you can ignore these. They don't mean anything. <laughs> so it's Instagram.com. Tesla parking lot, no spaces. There's, uh, what did you put here? Like 113 posts, about 7,000 followers, lots of snarky comments. The Tesla factory workers are freaking hilarious. I love Instagram feeds of inanimate objects. One of my favorite is not an inanimate object, but I follow the AT&T Stadium Seagull. Right, so the AT and T baseball stadium in San Francisco, the Seagulls have their own Instagram account, <laughs> right, <laughs> and Twitter feed, and basically they'll be like, you'll you'll hear things after baseball games like, mmm, garlic fries, right? It's like as if the Seagull <laughs> nice. is talking to to himself and and having a Twitter feed. So very very fun. I love San Francisco. My favorite post on this uh, Tesla one is a Mercedes Benz being um, pulled taken away by a pickup truck. Yeah. That one's good. It's, like on one corner video. of it, which is really funny. But what I will say, what I don't like about it, and I'm going to tell all you Tesla employees that are doing it, don't park in the handicap spots if you are not have a handicap sticker. Don't yeah. do it. That's not cool. It's not right. James Curry, let's uh, talk some more about uh, autonomy, has a note here that says, you know, um, I'm a bit worried about how sort of autonomy is going to work. Because right now, if you put on cruise control and you're cruising down the road and then you accelerate to go around a car, cruise control pops back on. You don't have to tell it, all right? And right now, if you're on autopilot and you're driving along and you take over from autopilot to do something, it doesn't turn back on. And I've actually had this circumstance where exactly the situation he's talking about, I want it to turn back on because I forgot I turned it off. So I go around a car and then the car starts driving off into the never-never because I've turned it off without knowing. So he suggests, and I think this is right, once you turn on autopilot or fully autonomy, even if you have to take over for an edge case, uh, there's a seagull on the road, I'm going to drive around it instead of driving over it, whatever it is, it's probably got its own Instagram account, that that should turn back on because you're going to think it's still on. So it's a subtle point, but I think you are a correct Mr. James Curry. But maybe that is a more of a full autonomy feature. The real question is, let's say you're in full autonomy mode yes. in 6 or 10 or 12 months or whatever that is right yes. now. And you decide to take over. Will the car even let you? It's like, no. You can't be trusted human. Right. I'm 90% better than you. That's, I mean, that's a valid question, yeah. correct? What if it's somebody that you sent the car to pick up, like blind grandmother? Or my teenage daughter, right? And I'm like... 
Full autonomy, buddy. Yeah, you yeah. got this. Do tar. not take. Maybe it, there'll be an option. Launch. It'll be a setting like your valet mode, right? You click full autonomy mode, mm-hmm. and it takes a password to unlock it. These are interesting questions. Thank you. That's why this show exists. This is a really great show. Jack, Zach Schneider <laughs> is. He went to to the Detroit Auto Show. And he said it's really interesting with full autonomy, how he could really change the internal way people sit. And we've talked about this before. And he has, like, what is this, a Kia Soul or something? Yeah, the Soul. Mm-hmm. And he tries to show us pictures of, like, there's a TV in there and the chairs are sort of backwards. I couldn't really get a great uh, feel for what's going on so in what there. So what, what, what he's talking about is that the driver's seats spin around, right? So you're not – you're driving the car. You have guests in the back seat. You've your car's taken over full autonomy. Why do you need to be looking out the windshield anymore? This we've talked about this. Yeah. We showed this in the other thing where you're where you're going through uh, the countryside and and on the hot the the windows they're putting interesting data of things yes, like this. So yes. if I'm in a car with full autonomy, I don't know. Maybe I want to be sitting backwards. So then I'm having a conversation. If I'm driving L.A. to New York and I'm under full autonomy, that changes the way the interior of the cars need to be laid out. We could be playing Parcheesi or something like that. What is Parcheesi? It's a board game. Is it good? Uh, It's It's cheesy. (laughs) It's it's partially cheesy. Really more than anything. So uh, that's interesting. Let's talk more about self-driving cars because Waymo self-driving is getting better. And I forgot what Waymo is. And this is from Business Insider. I put it in there. This reminds me that this is actually... Google spun off its self-driving division as its own right. company. It's a, it's a division of Alphabet, not Google. And so, it stands for Way Forward in Mobility. That's what Waymo stands ah, for. Thank you. Way Forward in Mobility. Got it. So this, they have to report. All of these people who are doing self-driving have to report to the Department of Motor Vehicles. And they do these reports on disengagements. And as I understand it, you're in full autonomy mode, but uh, we're making sure this stuff works, and the human has to take over. That's called a disengagement. You had to the human take over. And they say that um, for Google's car, in 2015, they had to disengage 0.8 times for every 1,000 miles driven. But last year, they only had to do it uh, 0. Point, and I've lost the number there. I think it was 0.4, like 50% better. Um, but then they start to also, in this article, talk about the other autonomous vehicles. And for Tesla... They had to do 168 disengagements in just 550 miles. And then BMW had to have a disengagement for just 638 miles. And the Chevy Cruze, uh, 18.5 disengagements per 1,000 miles. And I got really confused by these numbers because it looks like on face value that the Google self-driving is orders of magnitude better than Tesla and the other manufacturers if disengagements is disengagements. But is that full? But again, I don't think that the numbers for Tesla are in because they're not doing full autonomy, right? This they is... did 550 miles of full autonomy in the X's, uh-huh. and they disengaged 168 times in 550 miles. Right, but it's a but that's such a small factor, right? They haven't been doing it very long. That's what I'm trying to get at, right? They haven't been doing that particular format of autonomous driving, the higher level, as it were. And I put the number in at 0.2 per thousand miles. I looked it up for you. So uh, this information is interesting. The Google car is getting better, but I just don't know how to compare which one of these is the best. And that's where we want to get to. I want to be able to start comparing. Is Volvo self-driving better than Tesla or is Google the best? I want to know, but this data right now is useless to me. And what would you do 
with that information. Like, would you, let's say Tesla's isn't the best and yes. Google's is the best. Yes. And they put it in the bolt. And now yes. you're a Model 3 owner, but you're like, oh, my God, Google's self-driving is so much better than Tesla's. Are Is that going to be enough of a differentiator to get you out of a Tesla? It might be initially, but um, I presume that they would catch up. But I would like to know, because if really, if Google's is like four times better, is in uh, four times less accidents, you're four times less likely to die, then yes, that would absolutely change which car I drove because I'm all about the safety. I love the Tesla and I love the concept, but for grandma, for kids, it's about safety. But how safe does it need to be? Super duper safe. What if they put it in a car that was not quite as safe in its crash test? Would you... I would do the math, Tom, and I'd work out the math. Like, you what would do is the, the math or you would somebody, call someone to do the math Somebody would do the math you. and I would report. I think that uh, this makes a big economic difference if you're Lyft or Uber or some other autonomous or even the man on the street, the woman on the street. If you're going to use an app to call an autonomous car, do you want the safest autonomous car or do you want the next safest autonomous car? Or if you're Uber... And all corporations do these cost-benefit analysis, right? So your Uber and your Google full autonomy is on an ICE car. But your uh, Tesla full autonomy is on a car that has much less maintenance, much less fuel costs, much less moving forward costs. Like, what do you do then? But I think the software and the hardware, it won't matter whether it's an ICE car or an electric car. No, but that's what I'm saying is so the Google – driving let's say the google driving is 10 times better than right. the tesla driving yes but they're not but they're just not putting it in there's not as many electric car options it's right cost they don't they, they don't okay. they haven't put it into the bolt for instance right there isn't there aren't all of those cars available if you're uber or lyft are you going towards the i don't have to do the fuel i don't have to do the maintenance i think if you're uber or lyft yes you would probably do that but don't make me make that decision between the best driving and an electric car. Don't do that to me, Tom. My head will explode. It's well, a, you it's would upsetting. you would obviously not go for I want the an car that's going to kill me, but it's electric. That's what I'm going to do. Let's talk about supercharging. Patrick Knowles um, calls out Robert and said, Robert, for goodness sake, can you give me the video of your trunk yeah, with Robert. all of the toys in it? The world needs to Tick see it. Talk. I'm holding up my cell phone. It's got the crappiest video of me trying to show stuff in my trunk. And the problem is it's really hard to hold a camera on your phone steady and fart around in your trunk and open things and show stuff. Well, so I've, I've, I've asked okay, my son to help me. But you're doing it all wrong, Robert. Oh, open yeah? your trunk. Yes. Take all of the stuff out. Cut. Put all of the stuff on the front of the car and just show the people the stuff on the white hood of the car it or even on, the ground, or even on the ground. But just put it on the ground, put it on a table and say they don't need to actually see the stuff in your trunk. They, they get that part of it. Yeah. Just put the stuff on a table. Maybe I need somebody who knows how to do like production. Yeah, that'd probably be helpful. You want to come over for brunch? <laughs> yeah, not uh, this week. I'll crack out the real scotch, not this this 12-year stuff. Wow, he's dissing I've my got, birthday yeah, I've got some, present now. I got some Johnny Walker uh, blue label. It's uh, it's not a single malt, but I bet it's very it's drinkable. It's really smooth. How yeah. much does that cost? Like 160 bucks. Yeah, sorry, Tom. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not drinking that much I'm scotch. I'm very grateful so. for this. This is the, my go-to scotch. My bottle is uh, mostly empty now because, well, It, it wasn't a diss. It wasn't a diss. Tricky. Don't be a hater. It wasn't a yeah, diss. No, I know. I'm trying to attract you. I know. I so get that it. Tesla Nation can get the video that they're wanting. Oh, 
Now, here is another thing that's come up, and it's all over in red, but I really want to know about this. You said last week, Robert, that you can take your Tesla plug, put an adapter on it, and use it as a J1777777. Is that correct? Well, it's almost correct. I've, I've held the prototype uh, made by uh, Tony at Quick Charge Power. And I actually had an email exchange last night in the last minutes of my waking day. And he has had so many responses to this. It's called a J-Dapter, J-D-A-P-T-E-R, J-Dapter. And it's designed to fit on the end of a Tesla destination charger, not supercharger. So on the end of a Tesla destination charger or your Tesla charger that you get with the car, it's a cord with a box that has lights on it if you don't already have a Tesla. And you can use this to plug into a varied different sources of electricity. You can put this adapter on the end of it and plug it into any car with a J1772. He expects it's going to be $200, although um, that was information I had back from a Drive Electric Week you mean using a Tesla wall charger? That's any right. Any car. Any car. And so it's a fantastic idea. And he said he's gotten so many responses that they're going to have to change the manufacturing of it, probably in China. I wonder what – I hope Let's not. say you're the Ritz-Carlton. Yeah. Right? And you've put in Tesla destination chargers. Yes. To attract that – Tesla owner, yes. the Mel's and the Roberts. Mm -hmm. You don't want me in your hotel, no, but right? Nice and I people. show up with my uh, non-Tesla car, and I'm like, hey, can I plug this into your Tesla destination chargers? A, did Tesla subsidize those destination chargers in any way, shape, or form? Did Tesla have something to do with that? Probably. And is this something that Tesla would be like, eh, 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 these are for Teslas? Mm, that's an interesting question, but I can tell you as a Tesla owner, uh, setting up a studio, hopefully one day, my God, um, I would want to put in two Tesla chargers, mm -hmm. but I'm going to presume that a number of people are going to come over with non-Tesla but electric cars, and I would love to have this adapter so that I don't have to put in a J1777777. But why a Tesla charger instead of the other way? Like, one. What is the benefit of going from the Tesla to the J1777 as opposed to just having that the other way? The first universality. Of all, first of all, yeah, then I can do everything. Uh, but I can adapt both ways, so it doesn't matter. But the Tesla charger looks better, mm -hmm. makes me feel good inside. I'm mm -hmm. giving some money to Tesla. And because these are, uh, you can have these on a, an 80 amp. Um, daisy chain them. You could daisy chain them that could be faster. But in here, Robert's got one from Clipper Creek, which yeah. is a J1777. But it has an 80 amp circuit. But it's like two, over 2000 $2,100. So yeah, to get the option of high amp charging, on a reliable charger that looks good. I mean, Tesla's, uh, it's got everything. It's got everything, and it's only $450 for the charger, approximately 200 bucks for this adapter. You got to make sure the adapter doesn't walk away. That's kind of an issue. So is the Tesla uniquely suited because it's inexpensive? Mm -hmm. Is it the most inexpensive uh, charger that can do 72-plus amps? Because my charger at home, I have the... Lutron, mm -hmm. I think is what it is. Not 100% sure. It's on a 40-amp circuit. It's got the J1772 adapter, and it 100% at this moment has been charging a Tesla for months. Right, but only at 40 amps. 40 amps. Correct. Yeah. So if you want to go up to the higher, so for cars that have dual chargers in them, mm -hmm. then you're not. And if you've got a small 
facility and you've got to cycle a number of cars through there, then you want to charge them at the highest possible rate. Right. So if I bought, if I switched out at my house for a Tesla charger yes. and had somebody come in and just replace the the 50 amp fuse with a 80 amp fuse, I would be getting twice as much, almost twice as much speed on my Tesla charging. Only yes. if your car has dual chargers. But on your Tesla, yes, if you've got dual charged, yes. So you may not have gotten a car with the dual chargers. You'd have to pay, I think it's $2,500 after the fact mm -hmm. to have Tesla install a second charger. So the charger looks like a, a metal box, maybe two or three inches tall and about nine by 12 inches length and width. And they bolt it somewhere up under the car. And that enables the car to charge at a faster rate. So... Uh... For those of you that don't have an electric car, the charging situation is fluid. Uh, the prices on these uh, home chargers are coming down. I just bought one for, for $360. They were all $2,000 not that long ago. Yeah. Now they've come down a lot. It was a J17777. So a fluid situation. So um, if you haven't got your Model 3 yet, we'll update you as uh, Model 3 comes along. But this is a nice solution for people with multiple different types of electric car. Mark Caliganton. Cal Mark. That guy has a uh, 60D, and uh, he, I don't think it was clear in this letter. Software limited 60D. He, has a, he does have a software limited 60D? Okay. So he was asking, you know, you when you have a Tesla, when you have an electric car, they tell you don't charge all the way up every day because fully charging can reduce, can increase battery degradation. They've also mm -hmm. told us that using superchargers a lot can reduce battery degradation. But that's probably not true if you have a software limited 60 because you're not using the entire capacity of the battery and so you can probably fully charge and supercharge a lot without it being an issue is my guess yeah so again he doesn't say specifically he has a software limited so mark if you don't have a software limited 60 right then you shouldn't 100 percent charge every day if you know 100 percent for sure that you do have a software limited 75 you should be able to 100 percent charge every day we don't 100 percent charge every day ours because ours is not a software limited now that brings up the point is this really an issue is fully charging or a supercharging increasing battery degradation we have some data from that third-party site that suggests that it's not an issue well the other thing that you get like so if i'm if my 60 was software limited um and I wanted to fully supercharge it, right, add a supercharger, it would start to slow down yes. as it got closer to 60. Yes. It would, play, if like I had, a, it would if, play like a 60. Right. If I had a software limited, right, and put it to 100%, it would charge all the way up to 60 fully at full speed. It now, it is wouldn't... that true? We've presumed that in the past. Do we have any actual evidence that that is true? I only use Robert for actual evidence. So I don't. <laughs> well... Um, I think it was Bjorn Nyland who tried something like this and showed that it works slower than it would if it was unlocked. So I think that basically the software of a 75 limited to 60 plays like a 60 in all factors. The question is, if you keep filling it up to, six, to, to the full 60 kilowatt hour capacity, does that degrade the battery? And we have no data on that. I haven't found anything about that. Let's move on here before Robert's got to go. He's got very, very important things to do. But, uh, Robert, before you leave, you better tell us uh, what's happening with superchargers this week. Slow week. Slow week for superchargers. We have uh, a permit that was pulled for a supercharger in Dallas, Texas. And, and do you know where that was? We're going to have a letter about that. 
where it was in Dallas? Yeah, where it is in Dallas. That Texas gonna, Stadium? That there's going to be a supercharger installed at a home improvement store. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 So we've got a home improvement store that's coming online. It, it's a very green company. There's a letter about it that I wrote some stuff. You're welcome to read my notes. They sell power walls. They sell power Well. Yeah, they do. They sell power walls and they're going to put in a glass case Tesla power packs to show off to the Texans who may not be as savvy to the Tesla power situation as we are here in the West Coast. There is a new uh, permit. I'm sorry, a construction that has become begun in Waterloo, New York. I thought you're a ABBA fan. Oh, I'm a huge, huge ABBA fan. I'm huge. Well, it's the been best. great. I'm sorry I have to dug out because I've got to. They changed the time of our shifts. Yeah, I heard. They're I'm sorry, Robert. Early. Thanks for playing. We'll talk to you next week. Thank God he's gone. <laughs> Don't say that. The recording's still on. <laughs> All right, let's talk about renewables. Uh, Thomas Cena. I just found yes. an article here from Electric that uh, said Saudi Arabia will be awarding its first tender for a seven hundred megawatt solar and wind installation. At an amazing two cents per kilowatt hour. That is super cheap. You know what? I'll take some. I will take two some cents. two cents per kilowatt hour. I pay sixteen cents per kilowatt hour when yeah. I have to buy it when I my solar panels aren't making enough. Two cents. We Thomas. pay the same. Two cents That's is ridiculous. Very very cheap. That's a big investment by them. Good for them, but that just means they will be able to ship more of their crude oil out of the country and not use it internally. There seems to be a bit of a shift occurring in the Middle East countries that make a lot of oil, um, building a lot of big solar electric plants. I think we're seeing the change. Well, this that's, but, cheap oil burning stuff is going away and now it's cheap solar. Right. But for a lot of these countries, it makes sense because that's their main export. Right. Why would they want to use that inside if they don't have to? They have money. They can use proper clean energy, not pollute the hell out of their cities and ship all of that bad stuff away and get the get the money for it. To the Americas. Well, for, for the rest of the world, a lot of places are using the oils. Tesla and Home Improvement, we talked about this. There's this place called Treehouse, which is a Home Depot-like hardware store in Dallas, I Texas. I bet they love being called a Home Depot-like hardware store. I bet they love that. Well, you got to explain it somehow. It's Tom. a hardware store. There's been a lot of hardware stores. They don't have to be like Home Depot. I see what, I see what you're saying, but it's big. Home Depot is big. Like if I say hardware store, yeah. Like, are you not good with that description of what a thing is? Well, I just like Home Depot. What about Lowe's? Lowe's what about right. Ace? Ace is fun. I like. That's what I'm saying. Hardware store. Why do you have to bring me down, Tom? I'm not trying to bring you down. I'm trying to help the treehouse people. They're trying to be green, and you're comparing them to Home Depot. You've completely taken us off Maybe point. Maybe they're better. Treehouse uh, this is, what it's is like this Robert's hardware gone. store. Okay, thank you. I believe it's called Ferretaria in <laughs> Spanish, if you'd like to do it in Spanish. Ferretaria? Ferretaria. Oh, that's cool. Good job, buddy. Home Depot. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> oh, anyway, they're super out. green. Uh -huh. They're putting Tesla power walls. You might even be able to power buy them. Power packs. Power packs. Buy they're having power packs to run the show. Mm -hmm. They're going to have solar panels. And you're going to be able to go and buy a power wall from the tree house. Which is really actually very in quite interesting, right? So you can just walk into a store and buy a power wall and take it home, put it in the back of your 
truck. I wonder if it fits. I wonder if that crate fits in a Tesla. We know it doesn't fit in an X unless it has the fold-down second row of seating, but I wonder if it fits in an S. Drive it's a your, big box. Drive your ice car to go get your power pack. It's <laughs> weird. Sebastian T has a uh, letter here talking about community solar. He's really interested in this. Yeah. And so let me give you some follow-up. I did email Arcadia Solar and ask two questions that our uh, lovely listeners had Question asked. Question one. Question one was, if it gets broken, if I buy solar panels through you guys and a dinosaur poops on it and it breaks or whatever happens, it can happen, Tom. I've seen it. Dinosaur poop? Yeah, it happens. No, that part they said, yeah, of course, they're covered. Mm-hmm. They're insured. But another person asked, what about if I'm moving a lot, You instead of just giving me credits on my utility bill, will you send me cash instead? And they said, unfortunately, as of yet, no. This is all about giving credits to the utility. So if you're moving a lot, yeah, maybe it's not for you. I wonder... I bet you I, now I think I figured it out, right? So Arcadia, if they can get a lot of people to buy in, they get money from the consumer. And my guess is a lot of utilities are are being required to have X amount in renewables. Yes. And this, I bet, fulfills some of that, probably a okay. little bit cheaper, right? So they're probably paying Arcadia a little bit money as well. I'm starting to feel like that might be this model. This could be the model. Nathan Dwyer has a very long email that we are not going to read, but it's basically about the lines. And he's an engineer. This was the guy who wrote about the TIG welding. This was a, this, this was is the, the guy. this is the TIG welding. So he basically says in a very sophisticated email from somebody who clearly knows what they're talking about, and that's not Tom, is that you can do an X and an S and a three on a single line with a bit of tweaking. So there's your answer. You can. You just need different welding. Different welding. This TIG welding is very interesting to me. Oh, good. Pat. And I don't know his last name, but Pat sent us a video of a really meta thing occurring where he's listening to Talking Tesla and it's activating Google Home and um, it's very confusing. But I've had the same thing. It's really a problem when you're listening to a podcast that says the special Google word or the special Alexa word. They turn on and start answering the question that was answered on the show. So we've got to be a little bit careful about that. I'm sorry, Pat, but it's a really cool video. Let's have some fun. Alexa. Play Talking Tesla podcast on Google Home. Alexa, <laughs> what's in the news? Yeah, Alexa's not in the room with us, so we can do that right now. Um, then there's another one, a letter here by James Bose, who's in Vancouver. He said there's a lot of Chinese in Vancouver, and he took a picture in an elevator because Robert said they don't do every fourth floor. They don't do the 13th floor. And sure enough, this is bizarre. It's like second floor, third floor, fifth floor. Sixth floor, seventh floor, eighth floor, ninth floor, 10, 11, 12. No 13. 15, 16. It's weird. No 13, no 14. It's yeah. crazy it's stuff. Cool. So it's real. So Robert really is the smart one. Yeah, everybody knew that. Though. David Sell uh, says, look, uh, you guys have been talking a lot about autonomy and robots and all this stuff. And he just wanted to do a shout out to this program uh, called STEM First. And it's sort of a robotics program for kids. And uh, he's uh, on this and they do competitions and it helps sort of develop the engineers of the future. And so he really wanted to shout out to this program. Firstinspires.com is the organizational website. Firstinspires.com. So I love this kind of stuff. My son and your daughter used to do this thing called Odyssey of the Mind. Same kind of thing. Get kids excited about practical science, solve problems. Creativity and science together is what Odyssey did for the kids, which was great. Great. And my son wants to be an engineer so you know good on you odyssey and good on you what's this website again first, first inspires.com uh 
Cage Warner has a thing about stocks and about puts and about shorting and all this stuff, which I didn't understand. They explain, you know, all of the shortings and the calls and things. He explains it all very, very clearly. Uh, I would be very, very, very careful if you're going to follow any of these directions. Yeah, uh, this is a complicated stuff if you don't know what you're doing. Trent Eddy said, Merch, I want a sticker. Can't have one. There's one left. Or special. And I'm supposed to give it to somebody. Not I can't him. remember who it was. It's not Trent. Who was I supposed to give it to? I can't remember who it is. It's sitting over there. It's amazing. There it is. Um, Dedrick, who is from the uh, Tesla Black Caucus. <laughs> Talking Tesla Black Caucus. Talking Tesla Black Caucus, was making up a beautiful T-shirt uh-huh. uh, for himself, which had our logo uh-huh. and his Black uh, Caucus. And he said, but you know what? They won't print it because they're worried about uh, logo copyright. And I can say, Der- Dedrick... You can go for it, mate. Make yes. a million of them. Go for it, You please. have our permission. Uh, I don't know if that's good enough for the people who are trying to print this for you. If they're online, you're going to have to send them a little MP3 of us saying go for it. Because free advertising is good advertising. Yeah. Uh, Eric Milligan um, has uh, a question for me specifically. Mel? doesn't seem in line with your idea of reducing the carbon footprint of yourself mm-hmm. and the world. Not going zero, by as it were. flipping your phone every year and mm-hmm. your car every couple of years. Please explain. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me just uh, explain it this way. There is nothing about the, my use of phones or cars that's green. You cannot buy your way into a green future in this fashion. Eric, you are correct. But let me tell you about my phone. Because I do at least 50% of my business is done on my phone at least. Business. I like to have the best, fastest, newest phone. And it's not as if I throw the old phone away. There is a cascading effect that goes to people, that goes to the sons and the wives, cousins, friends, uh, Chilenos. Uh, they go all over the place. So they're not going in the landfill. Same thing with the cars. Here's my thinking. If I buy a car and flip it every two years, three years, then that's going to mean that there's a really much cheaper Tesla on the market that somebody like Tom might buy displacing an ICE car. So that's why I think it's good to buy and then flip Teslas right now. What do you think, Tom? I think that is a good rationale, whatever it takes to get you through the day. Mm -hmm. You're probably incorrect in your mathematical assumptions of whether or not that's good or bad. It's probably not for the phones. It might be more so impactful for the cars because I do think that the the Tesla CPO – I mean the only reason my family owns a Tesla as of right now is because of the CPO website. That's right. So somebody bought a Tesla before you allowing you to get a cheaper yes. Tesla. And whoever These that- are all rationalizations. I have not done any study on whether this is actually bogus or not. But, uh, but I'd like to reason. get rid of more ICE cars and the way you get rid of more ICE cars is have more electric cars. How's that? Yeah, maybe you should buy another new Tesla and then you could flip your current one down to somebody in this room. That's not Robert. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cece's <laughs> getting a cap. Uh, oh, Russell God. Rickards is an Aussie. So there's a bunch of Aussie emails. I just want to shout out to my people. And uh, Talking Tesla got this guy into a Chevy Volt. He loves it. Waiting for a Model 3. And uh, he says that they're coming to – Tesla is coming to Perth. Perth, as you all know, is on the west coast of Australia. And it is one of the most um, lovely – but uh, so far from anywhere else, cities in the world. It's like 3,000 miles from anything. There's Perth and then there's kangaroos, mate. That's all there is. For 3,000 miles? Yeah, pretty much. Wow. Like there's Japan and then there's Melbourne. <laughs> and that's the closest places. Wow. 
Leo K says, Aussie car pricing, he just wanted to uh, point out that the real reason that cars are so expensive in Australia is, in fact, uh, the exchange rate, which fluctuates between 0.6 to the American dollar to 1 to 1. But how does that... Because you've got to buy your Tesla that... from America, you have to buy it in Australian dollars. No, I understand. If that. it's point six, you have to pay more dollars. Yes, I get, I get that. Do you part. get that? If they come from America, but yes. what's the exchange rate with like Japan, or what's the exchange rate with Germany? Is it the same situation where it's that's the the impactor for cars that come from other places? I well, don't know. Cars the don't just come from rate. America. Melvis? I thought everything came from America. America first, it's Tom. It's right next America to Japan. First. We've been buying our cars from Japan for an incredibly long amount of time. Okay, Google. What is the Australian-Japanese exchange rate? One Australian dollar is approximately 85 Japanese yen and 72 sen. There you go. Now you know. What does that mean? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Leo also showed us a picture, I believe it was Leo, of him charging in Ballarat. Oh, no, it's Neville Dunn. Showed us a picture of him charging in Ballarat saying, I got wicked fast charging, but I actually did the math on this, Neville, and you're only getting 82 kilowatts, which is still way less than the possible 120 kilowatts. But nice, he was the only guy in the Ballarat supercharger charging fast. Yeah, he just made Neville feel, Ben. Sorry. That's nice. Real sweet, Mel. Uh, ben Peshwa. Ben, sometimes I just I just want to let you swing. He's got a big long email here, but basically he says he just realised that the people who make talking Tesla are the people who do EM rap. He's all excited because he's an ER doc. He's like, oh, you're the same people. He also said he figured y'all were ER docs. Y'all, I'm not an ER doc. No, well, so most of y'all are ER. Two out of three people on talking Tesla are ER. Yeah, we do EM rap and essentials of emergency medicine, which is coming up in. May. And Tom's running it. Yes, indeed. And all the ER docs should go to that. Adam Blanchard. 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 (laughs) That one's pretty straightforward. From Australia says. Adam Blanchard. You've brought this up as well. So Mm -hmm. uh, Leafs, use Leafs in Australia. They're practically giving them away. He just got one for $9,000. Yeah. It's the car he's going to use until the Model 3 comes. $9,000 Australian, you think? $9,000. Oh, you don't think he's from Australia? I think we've passed the Australian. He's an imposter. (laughs) Well, you just How dare made, you? You made him from Australia. I made him Australian. All right. So just a reminder, if you're looking for a holdover vehicle until your Model 3 comes, leaves are really nice cars, super cheap. But know that if you buy it for six or $8,000, it'll probably be worth zero in a few years. Big time range fluctuations in that. So my friend over the weekend got in his leaf, said it had 114 miles of range. Yes. Drove it for a few miles and it went down to under 50. That's upsetting. Yeah. So like it's a little range sketchy. Aaron Schneider wants to get in on the pool, and he says by August there will be 100 Model 3s, and by December there will be 5,000, and he's uh, got two bucks in the Patreon to back this up. Oh, two bucks in the Patreon. Okay, so the update on that is August 31st, you had zero cars delivered. Thank you. And 10,000 by December 31st. Yes. Robert had five by August 31st and 15,000 by December 31st. Yes. I had zero by August 31st. Yes. And 50 by the end of the year. Why do you hate Tesla? I don't hate Tesla. I'm, according to somebody, I'm the sane realist. Um, uh, Rico Schindigringen. What is wrong From with Switzerland. You? Sent us a video which is very similar to the Netherlands video. Remember last at the end of last uh, week, we put the Netherlands video and they're trying to sell themselves to Trump. Okay, it's America first, but let's make it Netherlands second. Yeah. There's another one about Switzerland. Uh-huh. And maybe I'll put that at the end of the show as well because <laughs> it is really funny. But remember, I'm also going to have going zero at the end. So after going zero, 
will be Switzerland. After trip. going zero. How long is the going zero? It's uh, about four or five minutes. Okay. It's all good. 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 And uh, Wilson Seng. Yeah, good. That's pretty good. Is that good. pretty good? Yeah. He says, uh, stop it with the Alexa questions. Um, because it's driving his Alexa <laughs> at home crazy and uh, she keeps turning on. Uh, Alexa, kind of a... self-destruct. <laughs> Adam Sutton, converting the fleet to electric. Uh, here's an article that says oil companies sh- could lose billions of dollars because of the upcoming popularity of electric cars. I certainly hope so. <laughs> Wayne Conover writes a lot of things. And I can't remember what they were. The possibility of lifetime supercharging on the Model 3 and the most spoken EV-related phrase of 2017. Do you remember what it is? Or do you know what it is? The Bolt with a B. There you go. Because it's confusing because people are like, oh, the Bolt or the Bolt? Yeah. Like it just... yeah, you have to put the B in there. It was a stupid naming convention. Kevin Thompson is our last letter. And I just, you know, he says he loves the show. But I've got to read this one because... Um, he says it this way. He lives in a place called the Achuan, which is Sketch. First off, he says Sask. It's Sask Sketch. It's not really sketch. hard to do it backwards. <laughs> it's Sask. written in front of you. I am from I the Achuan. Which it, that is so not true. I watch you read all of the time. Comics, I just sit Tom, there and, comics. I just sit there and longingly look at you while you read through medical literature. <laughs> They're comics, Tom, and stop staring at me. It's freaking me out. <laughs> he says he's from the Achuan, which is Sask, and I truly care about Tesla. And he says that they were going to use seal skins in their seats, <laughs> but they've decided to go vegan. I hope that's not true because you people up there should stop bonking the seals on their head. It's wrong. It's wrong. It is wrong, but I don't think that's what the Saskatchewanese are doing. They're clubbing oh. baby seals. I saw it in the 80s. It was horrible. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, <laughs> his name is Tom Wolfson. My name is Mel Herbert. Robert is gone. Cece is absolutely exhausted over in the corner there. <laughs> Going Zero is about to come up. Uh-huh. It's, uh, What's the topic? The topic was the efficiency of ice cars versus With the, electric the cars. The thing we did on last week's show? Kind of. Wow. Way to make content, buddy. Well. <laughs> Going Zero turns out is just a one segment from last week's show. <laughs> let's let the listeners decide if it's good. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is Talking Tesla. I want you to listen to Going Zero right now. Tell me if it's any good next week. And after that, we'll talk about Switzerland. We're out. We're done. How many hours is this? 15 hours, for God's sake? I'm sorry, EJ. I'm sorry, Cece. Everybody involved, I'm sorry. I'm not. Talking Tesla is a production of Fully Boo Incorporated. Produced by Mel Herbert and Cece Herbert. Hosted by Mel Herbert, Tom Wolfson, and Robert Rosenblum. To support Talking Tesla, go to patreon.com forward slash talking Tesla. If you love the show, write us a review on iTunes. questions I get asked is, are EVs really cleaner than ICE cars? And ICE stands for internal combustion engine cars. And the reason that people ask that is because there's been a little bit of disinformation out there by people who are kind of the electric car haters, as it were. And they bring up stats like this saying, you know, it takes more energy to build an electric car than it does an ICE car, so therefore they're dirtier. So as with many of these things, there's a little bit of truth, but it's only a little bit of truth. Let's look at the whole truth. And the whole truth here is that electric cars in general overall right now are about twice as clean 
as a similarly sized ice car. And where do we know this information from? One of the best studies on this is from the Union of Concerned Scientists, and they recently published a paper on this topic that specifically looked at from cradle to grave, as it were, from when the car was built all the way to when the car dies and gets buried or recycled, which car is more efficient? Or another way of saying it is, which car results in less greenhouse and bad emissions? The first author on this study is Rachel Neeler, and she spent a career looking at this cradle-to-grave emissions concept, rather than just sort of cherry-picking one portion of that object's entire life, as it were. There's lots of numbers here, and I'll try and simplify it. But first of all, step one, making the car. If you look at two very similar cars, say a Nissan Leaf and an equivalent ice car or internal combustion engine, Nissan Leaf gets about 85 miles of range, the internal combustion engine car. Let's say it gets 50 miles of range. Now let's build those cars. How much energy does it take to build them? Well, it turns out right now it takes a little bit more energy to make that electric car than it does to make the internal combustion engine equivalent. And that's because of the battery. The lithium has to be mined, it has to be made into battery packs, and it has to be put into the car. And that takes a bit more energy than just sort of making a standard internal combustion engine motor. But it's not much more. It's maybe about 15% more emissions. And that's where you hear these people saying, see, it takes more energy to make an electric car than an internal combustion engine car. Okay, that's fine. I'm going to give you that for now. But let's go to step two, driving around. So now we've got the car, and we're going to drive it around. We're going to drive it to school. We're going to drive it to work. We're going to drive it to uh, Trader Joe's. Now that internal combustion engine car has to burn fuel. That fuel is gasoline. That has to be dug up from the ground. It has to be refined. Then it gets burned, and that's associated with a lot of greenhouse emissions. The electric car, on the other hand, has a reusable battery. So you fill it up with electrons, energy, and then you use that energy, and then you fill it up again. And where does that energy come from? It comes from the electric grid in most cases. And that electric grid in the United States overall, in general, is significantly cleaner than burning petrol. Much cleaner. Way cleaner. And because you're burning that fuel all the time over miles and miles and years and years, that quickly outstrips any difference between how much it costs to make these cars. On average, it turns out, for the average mid-sized car, you only need to drive about 5,000 miles before you've made up the difference in the energy that it was required to put that battery into the electric car. Just 5,000 miles. That could be a couple of months of driving, and now already you've paid back the debt of having to build that lithium-ion battery. And over the life of a car, on average, a car will burn 7 to 10 times more energy driving around than was used to actually build the car in the first place. And that's assuming that the car we're talking about here gets 50 miles per gallon, which most cars do not. So we're looking at the best case scenario, and still the electric car wins. What about at the end of life? What about recycling? So recycling or scrapping a car at the end of its life takes some energy. But here's again where the electric car wins because that lithium battery can be used again for home storage of electricity or it can be recycled and that lithium put back into a new battery. Whereas the ice car basically, at the end of its life, there's not much you can strip off that internal combustion engine car and use again. There is some, and we're trying to get better at that, but a lot of it just gets buried in the earth. And it gets even better than all this. Because it turns out, yes, it takes energy to build the car. Yes, it takes energy to recycle or trash the car at the end of its life. The vast majority of energy is used driving you around. That's where all the emissions come from. And so the good news for the electric vehicle is the cleaner your... So the good news for the electric vehicle is that the cleaner your grid gets, the cleaner your car gets. 
So, for example, if you buy solar panels and you have 100% of the energy going into that car from your solar panels, like I do, for example, then your electric car is incredibly clean. And every mile you drive is incredibly clean compared to the gasoline car that you might have in the garage. Yeah, there's a little bit of payback period for making those solar panels, but that's also really short. Maybe six months and all the energy needed to make that solar panel has already been made up by the fact that that solar panel now makes energy. And just if the electricity grid in general starts to use more wind and more solar and it gets cleaner all the time, as has been happening in the United States and the rest of the world quite rapidly in the last few years, your car gets cleaner and cleaner and cleaner. But what about the gas car? It doesn't get cleaner. In fact, it gets even dirtier because it's getting even harder and harder to extract oil from the ground. The easy stuff has mostly been taken. Now we have to pump a lot of energy in to get that oil out, or we have to dig up really, really dirty tar sands and refine that, which produces an enormous amount of emissions. So your gas car is getting dirtier, and your electric car is getting cleaner. And it gets even better than this, because there are intrinsic efficiencies in electric motors which make them way better at moving you around than internal combustion engine cars, so they are way more efficient. But we'll talk about that some more on another episode of Going Zero. But for now, you can be happy in the knowledge that your electric car is twice as clean as a similarly-sized ice car. Dear Mr. President, welcome to this introduction video about Switzerland, the sexiest country in Europe. Look at those mountains, those big, fat mountains. We're not flat like, for example, the Netherlands. They're so flat, total disaster. We have the best women. They're all tens. Just look at our weather girl. Her name is Sandra Boner. Boner. And we also love to treat our women badly. Love it. We didn't let them vote until 1971. In some places, even until 1990. We grabbed them by the civil rights. And they let us do it. It was great. Switzerland is so clean. It's terrific. Even our slums are pretty. We have the best flag. It's a huge plus. You might know it. Your friends got their flag from us. And like the KKK, we also like to ride on horses and burn things. Switzerland is very safe. We have no Mexicans here. Just look. No Mexicans here. No Mexicans there. Nowhere. It's terrific. We have the best military. Everybody says so. Even the Pope. We send him our best fighters. The Swiss Guard. Real tough guys. Look at those pants. Great style. You don't like the EU? We hate it too. That's why we invented Brexit. Switzerland was never a part of the EU. Never. Brexit should be called Schwexit or Swixit or Helvexit or Switzerleave. I just came up with that. Brilliant. We love Russia. That's why we built St. Moritz. It's a city just for Russians. We've invented Dada. It's poetry, but it's also rubbish. It makes no sense. You'll love it. Also, we invented gangsta rap. This is DJ Bobo. He is our best rapper, much better than Kanye, and he's white. Switzerland wins the Eurovision Song Contest every year. 
We just can't help it. 12 points all the time. We're that good. It's ridiculous. Swiss people are very smart. In fact, we even invented a car named Smart. Isn't that smart? It's a small car, but it's great. America has jazz. Switzerland has Yas. As a tribute to you, Yas has a trump card. We call it Trump. It's the best card, believe me. We heard you want to get rid of Obamacare. Why not replace it with Exit? It's this organization we have. It's great. If you're old and sick, they come and kill you. You should try it sometime. It's fantastic. You love gold. We love gold. We have tons of it. During World War II, the Jews gave it to us for safekeeping. They never returned, so strange, so we melted it. Like fondue, our national dish. We don't eat it ourselves. We just sell it to tourists. They love it. So dumb. Listen, Donald, we totally understand it's going to be America first. But can we just say Switzerland second? We don't even want your money. We already have it. We keep it safe. We make sure nothing bad happens to it because that would be sad, right? So sad. Switzerland, 12 points.